Welcome to the post-game overreaction show. My name is Roddy DeBulsey. I am your host for the next, uh, however long you guys want to talk. So it's up to you. If you want to talk for five minutes, we'll do five minutes. If you want to talk for a couple hours, we'll talk for a couple hours. Your chuck call, you know, you do it the way you want to do it. I uh, appreciate everybody already in the comments section. Let me know where you're watching this from. Uh, hey, Barry J, uh, Terrell Bynes, uh, Antoine Sampson. Georgia National Championship 2021. I don't know who you are, but that's a good it's a good handle. I like it. Hey, Joseph Crocker, appreciate you being in there. Aaron Peavy, uh, Edward Robinson. Thanks, everybody, for being in the show. Ugh. You felt real good after that first half, didn't you? You felt great. It's like, 28-3, I'm going to kill them. 56-6 to at you know, this pace. And then, hey, Georgia-Florida happened. Uh, very typical of this game. And people wonder why I get pessimistic about this game. It's simply because Georgia sometimes plays weird down there. You don't – they have more drop passes and more turnovers. I mean, Georgia had three turnovers in this game. Just uh, a nightmare. So, it just it happens. I don't know why. There's just something about this game that drives me crazy. Anyway, on your screen there, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at uh, ASW Distillery. I need to uh, get up the, the new giveaway we will have. Uh, it's brought to you by Fiddler Bourbon. This is my third bottle of this stuff. I may have a drinking problem, folks. I really need to. We do, we do the Bud Light next year, the Watch Along Show, and then I talk back some of this. And I'm in a hotel room, so fancy uh, whiskey carafe there. And fancy uh, tumblers, you know, the high-quality glass. So uh, Kentucky just scored 7-7. Uh, Go Cats. Oh, never mind. 7-6 uh, if they can tackle this guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, weekly tweet about special teams there. So uh, Kentucky is down 6-7 to seven against uh, Tennessee. Give me your thoughts on the Tennessee game. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, yes, Jane, that is very, very yummy. It is good stuff. Uh, <laughs> AR-15 looks like AR-9. That, that's mean. That's mean. We can talk about uh, Britton Cox, too, and his uh, punch throwing. Um, seems like more than usual. Maybe, maybe. Uh, the Florida PTSD is real. Miss Mary Embroidery, yes. Uh, I always say this. If you've ever had a rescue dog or a rescue rescue animal, and you kind of just lift your hand to pick up your keys or something, and the dog cringes. A beaten dog will cringe. I started covering this game in 1993. I have a lot of drives back to Athens uh, where you're avoiding listening to talk radio. You avoid listening to the ESPN recap. You avoid listening to SEC uh, game day final, whatever, because you're like, yeah, Georgia had this game, and they peed down their leg, or they turned it over, or, you know, uh, uh, Joe Tereshinsky comes up. Short because DJ Shockley's out, you know. Uh, an idiot kicks a field goal to a team, a game you should have won, you know. You lost to McElwain and Mullen. And, you know, so, yeah, the PTSD is real, absolutely. Uh, that's a good question. Did Jalen Kimber play? I don't know. Uh, remind me, Frank, later on in the show, I haven't got the final stats yet. When we get the final stats, it will give us a participation report. I mean, he's supposed to be playing, but, you know, I did not see him. So that is a great question. 
Uh, strange officiating day. It wasn't overly bad. I crap on the refs all the time. But there were – you were right. It was strange, uh, especially the Darnell Washington catch and fumble there at the end that they ruled incomplete pass. To me, if you're going to count the rolling across the ground on that interception as an interception, which it was. It was a great play. But the ball looked like it might have touched the ground at one point. Then, hey, call it the same way. So – I appreciate it. Oh, there we go. Uh, Andy Stowe says Kimber had two tackles. One of them was a solo. So never mind. I don't have to look it up because we got Andy Stowe in the, in the comment section there. Uh, remember, folks, you can uh, uh, join the show. So if you go into the comment section, uh, let me put that in there. If you go to the comment section on this, you will be able to uh, jump in to the show. Let me hit up. Uh, put this in. So they're telling you guys you could join, but I don't put in the link. That's stupid. Because I'm a moron. I don't have. I'm not the one normally doing this. All right, there we go. So click in the comment section. You'll it's, you'll see a link that says Streamyard. Click on that, and it'll open you up. You'll be able to join the show uh, from your phone, from your uh, laptop, from your tablet. Doesn't work so well from an iPad. I mean, it can. It just it makes you do go through um, the Apple browser instead of using Chrome or something like I do. So hit it up if you want to be in there. Jump on it. <laughs> Barry, Barry Jesus. The rest waited till the end to call all the holding. It was on all of us. There were some. There were some bad holds that were missed. Absolutely. Um, that's that was rough. Um, Frank says, I need to find some uh, Fiddler in the, August, in the Augusta area. Yes. And very important. Oops. Uh, everybody like this. And the sheriff talks about the uh, Heartwood. It's an awesome bourbon. Got a few bottles left one night. Uh, we appreciate you folks doing that. Uh, we try not to promote anything that we don't believe in. So um, it means a lot to us. All right, let me go back here and find... Uh, Oh, let me know where you're checking this out. Uh, Gary, uh, Gary Mack. Uh, he's from Buford. They, they, you know they don't play any good football in Buford. Come on, Gary. Hey, run over and talk to uh, Justice. Show him that the running game today. Why? Why in the fourth quarter were you throwing the ball at all? You're just running all over them. Just do it again. So, anyway, uh, I never quite understood why they – Felt like they needed to throw the ball. And, I mean, your quarterback was off. He, he is 50%. Uh, go over some of the stats here real quick. Uh, Stetson Bennett, 19 of 38. I'm no math major. I went to UGA, got a journalism degree. But even I know that's half. So uh, he was at 50%, two touchdowns, two INTs. That is That won't beat Tennessee. That won't. Um, some of those incompletions were routes that were run wrong. Some of them, he was just off. Yeah, so yeah, we say this each week. We have three or four boneheaded plays from Stetson Bennett. That second INT was bad. Um, but there were other couple plays where, like, when we were on that flea flicker, uh, lad, keep going. Don't stop. So uh, some routes that were cut short to the stem. Just you can't have that next week. It's just impossible. Uh, um, <laughs> to, to this point, uh, Larkin, question of the day. Uh, why are Stetson throws so effing off? 
it's game to game. The first half he looked on, he was on fire. It was eight of 10. So I uh, don't know what happened there. And when they were roll, rolling him out, he looked great. Uh, real quick. So that first drive, play action, three times they rolled him out. Beautiful drive right down the field. Phenomenal. Uh, second uh, drive, play action, throw into the tight ends. Play. I noticed a theme there, play action, play action. Uh, third drive, you had the drop pass, and then the wild touchdown pass with Bowers. Again, you're leaning on your tight ends. Then the third quarter, you turn start turning the ball over, and it, just, it all goes to hell. Anyway, we got Andy Stowe and uh, Corey Satterfield in the uh, waiting room. I'll bring one of them in. Uh, Andy was first, so I'll bring in Andy. And let's um, – hey, Andy, let me get you side by side here. All right, Andy, give me your thoughts on the game real quick. Um, time, but, I mean, let's, uh, let's keep it going. Yeah, no, it, it's a little weird. Um, so, I'm looking at the stats. They rushed for – it is, you're right. So, it's um, they rushed for six yards of carry, and – we couldn't be stopped running the ball. And, and so it was just kind of weird, like almost forcing the pass. That was odd. And like you said, Stetson was just off um, in the second half. The first half, so I have a friend that's a Gator fan, and he was here with me watching the game. And oh, that was fun. I was great at first. And then he was like, man, this sucks. He was like he, – but he knew that Georgia was going to win, you know. And uh, But he was he was like, man, this sucks. He was like, we can't do anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was – what was it, Bear Alexander? He got the uh, that penalty. Anyway, yeah. That was, I don't know, I, it was late, I guess, but that was one of those things they couldn't hear. But that's when the momentum changed everything, you know, and the whole well, third quarter. And it's the opening drive, right, for them? Yeah, opening drive on the second half. They, they, they have to go for it on fourth down because they're down, uh, what, uh, 25 points? 28 to 3, I think, at the time. 23, you're down, you're midfield. Pontiac's just going to put Georgia deep, and you've seen them drive the field, don't you? Then I mean, so you, you start to go for it, and then you get a dumb penalty like that. So, yeah. That changed it. Then they score, and then you know, but and also three quarterback runs on that. Yeah, I think they shot him up at halftime because I think he was a little sore. He's a little timid to run in the first half. Didn't run at first, and then all of a sudden you couldn't stop him. And, yeah. and you know, like one of the things that me and Kevin were talking about was like you see right at the end of the plays, Georgia kind of lets up, and in like Florida was doing it as well. I maybe scared of getting like late um, late hit penalties or something, and so it was like they would kind of let them go. And next thing you know, and then um, Anthony Richardson is just running down the field, but um, now I don't know. It's like uh, they, uh, Dejon Edwards, you know, he went 12 for 106. That was Georgia's first 100-yard back since um, Michigan last year, I guess, right? Was um, Or Tennessee. It was against Tennessee, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a, a full season. And so, but yeah, like, I was like, man, you know, run run the damn ball, Bobo. It's, you know, it's like, do it. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but I mean, and but now I thought um, maybe I'm wrong, but like watching the line, I thought Tate Ratledge looked really good today. I thought this looked like his best game. Like he seemed like to get some more road grading blocks that he hasn't been getting. So I thought he looked like it looked like his better game of the year. But he, he did. They, they called him out a couple of times on the broadcast for, and again that when Jordan, when Jordan runs that counter, yeah, they had they had no answer for it because you got uh, offensive lineman who can move. Because remember, you're pulling both the guard and the uh, tackle. They're both. And I hope Grant going to be going tonight because he's all about the counterplay. That's what it's. That counter's great. I mean, like it's, it's weird that we just quit doing it. I don't know. Like, I don't. And like, well, I'm assuming, and I wish I'd been sitting with Coach Donner because I could say, okay, why did you go away from that? But he's, you know, thinking that the defense is doing something. The defense is loading up, expecting it or something. But even he's going. Why, why are you throwing it here? You know, and he doesn't ever want to second guess Todd Munkin or Kirby Smart. Right. He doesn't want to second guess a coach. He right. understands, you know, he's not at practice every day. 
he understands there's so much that he doesn't see. Um, so he doesn't want to set the precedent that we can sit there and right, do, uh, sure. second guess the coaches. But even he's going, and he said, I'd run until they stop. Yeah, you know, and because they did stop it, and even the off tackle was good without even the counters. You yeah. saw Robert, Robert Jones killed a guy. They, and I said it before the game started: run right at Brenton Cox. Yeah, exactly what Alabama did to Jarvis Jones. They've got one really good end. You go at him. You put a hat on a hat, and you know, put him in conflict. And just yeah, it was, I mean, I really think I think like it was nineteen for thirty-eight for three sixteen. They could have cut eight passes off and and added eight to ten more runs. And I mean, it would have been. I don't know. I would have liked that. You know, I know everybody wants to see the high power offense, but I'm that running game. Like, because next week against Tennessee for sure, and I, I'm watching that game as well. But like, you got, I don't know. We need to run, and and then it just it keeps our defense better too. And but I don't know. It was Stetson was a little off tonight. I don't know. I'm. It's weird. He has like a that first half. He was. I mean, he was money, and then but then also on the flip side, they're dropping balls that are hitting right in the hand. So. We'll see. So what we need to do is break it down to, okay, you had 19 incompletions. Right. How many were off? You know, a couple of them were thrown out of bounds. Right. Because right? you're running for your life. Uh, some were dropped. Mm-hmm. You know, Lad dropped a big one. Um, um, turned out Washington yeah. dropped two. Turned out Washington, yeah. Uh, maybe three. Uh, you, and then you had the, you know, the interception. So – but again, he was off. I mean, even there were a couple that uh, you had uh, Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint going across the middle, and it falls behind him. And then you know, I remember Trey Dean that Georgia was after so hard. Mm-hmm. He jumps up like he defended that play. I'm like, you defended a short throw, right? Well, that's bad throw. You didn't defend anything. This isn't a no fly zone. You lucky he was off. But that's the thing, you know. Uh, and that's the thing with with um, Darnell Washington on that first pass. And I was talking about Jalen Kimber earlier. It was Jalen Kimber that was. I think um, I think Washington like looked down to see where he was at, you know, because yeah. and it was going to be Darnell Washington versus Jalen Kimber. It was going to be a, a human mountain versus 190 <laughs> pounds. It was about you know like it was he was going to easily he was either going to jump him or run him over whatever you know. So um, he'd be picking Jalen Kimber out of his cleats for the next week. Oh yeah, for sure. That was um, but no, I don't know. It's um, I haven't been worried about Tennessee at all. But now I thought. After the first half, I was like, oh, we're going to go out and stomp Tennessee. Now I'm a little more – if Georgia can play to their potential, they'll, I think they'll have no issue. But Andy, can, can they play to their potential for more than five minutes, for more than a quarter, more than a half? And I'm starting to wonder, is this just this team? I mean, because we're eight games in now or whatever it is. So, yeah. I don't know. It's – um. I mean, it's you – know, hey, look, beat Florida by 22 points. I mean, I guess being a Georgia fan and if I'm – upset about a 22-point win over Florida, and, <laughs> you know, like, what are you going to, you know, it can't be that bad, but, yeah. you know, it's, um, it was, like I said, hey, win, win it's great to beat Florida, but I'm, I'm a little concerned about next week now, but then again, you know, you watched Ohio State today, I mean, they, it was Penn State, like, I mean, so it's not, you know, it's a little, I don't know, I don't think anybody's untouchable right now, so. Yeah. <clears throat> I also think we cannot discount the fact that you had three turnovers, Right. So you stopped three drives. The first turnover is what should have been a long pass to Don Blaylock. Mm-hmm. Changes the outcome of that one. You know, they defense stopped them, so it's not a big deal. Second one, you have a strip, you know, but your senior running back should not be. And stripped. that happens. He got a guy from behind him. Yeah. On your side of the field. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a, uh, you give him a field goal. All right. They, they feel better. Then you have an INT, a bad one. Mm-hmm. They, they go the field on you. So it's 42 to 20. 
It should have been uh, 42-10. It should have been 10 points off of turnovers. Yeah. Plus, you had three other drives that if they had if you kept those drives alive, you know, it, it can just kill a team, as you've seen. So, I mean, you left like, maybe 21 points on the field. This game so, easily could have been 59-3. to three. Like, I yeah. mean, we could have been looking at a, almost 60 going on. But – and that's that's what I'm like, man, if they can just – um, stats that overthrew a six seven darn Washington the possible. Yes, I mean um, he did last week too. Yeah, but with that being said, they have got to like when they're going to pass, they need to just give it to Brock Bowers, give it to darn Washington. Those guys are almost uncomfortable. I mean, All right. You're right. Um, All well, right, Andy. I get on here, All right, see ya. Thanks for jumping in there. Really appreciate. it. Let's bring on uh, Corey Satterfield. Corey, give me your thoughts. Corey, I don't have the audio yes, from you. Sorry. There um, you are. <laughs> how you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Um, I will say, though, towards the second half, our pass rush, it looked like uh, Richardson had all the time in the world in the pocket. Um, I don't know if that was Nolan Smith being out or what. Yes. But we got all, <laughs> yes. I don't yes. know if, what we're doing, but we need to learn how to get to the quarterback as fast as possible. But uh, I will say that our offense is kind of hurting a little bit with AD being out. Uh, we really need him a lot, I feel like. But our run game looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, like, really amazing. How many rushing yards did uh, Dejan have? In uh, I remembered 106, but let me just double-check it real quick. Yeah, 106, two TDs. He had a long of 22. And here's the thing, that 106 yards, he had 12 carries. And that's 8.8 yeah. yards a carry in the SEC against Arch Rival. And here's the thing, I got nothing against him, but you notice when Kenny Mack, he had the fumble, then they stuck with him, and he had yeah. a, a, another big run, then he had like the 15-yard run, 18-yard run, and then they pulled him. I don't understand that. And, and then uh, Edwards had a big run. They pull him. I'm like, they is just, it, are you doing this? Is it Todd Munkin? Who the hell keeps pulling your running backs? I think it, would, I think it was the running back's coach, honestly. I mean, it's probably Bill. Coach McGee, yeah. I don't know, but um, last well, Junior Jones, maybe he knows. We'll have him on next. So. After that fumble, Kenny definitely woke up. He, he saw how pissed off he was. Yeah, he definitely woke up. So I'm waking. But another thing is Tennessee's run defense. I don't think it's that good. Like no. I was at the Tennessee Alabama game, they were struggling, and their pass defense. So if we can get those two key areas, I feel like we could succeed in that game next week. Yeah, I mean, they don't. It's not a great defense. I mean, that's. Uh, I'll tell you, um, look, I have the SEC things pulled up here. So, uh, rushing defense, Tennessee. No, their rushing defense actually only gives up about 90 yards a game. I'm watching but the, you know uh, why? Because everyone's throwing to have to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's like, hey, and, you know, it's a lot easier to be a great run defense team. As This this was my thing about Georgia when everyone was pointing out what a great run defense they had. My fear with uh, Florida was that's not true. Uh, but Georgia's up. You know, twenty-eight to three on a team. Well, what do they do? They have to throw. Georgia's yeah. only defended, but coming in this game, they had defended one hundred and seventy-seven passes, one hundred and seventy-seven runs. The next closest team was like two hundred seventy-seven. So uh, they just people don't run the ball on Georgia because they're behind. So uh, passing defense, Tennessee is dead last in the SEC. Yeah, but again, people throw because they're trying to catch up. So, but they're giving up about three hundred thirty yards a game. I've also heard that Tennessee secondary there lacking in secondary right now because all of them are hurt or suspended. So 
Well, that's fine. You know, hey, let's see. If, again, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but uh, if any of the secondary guys want to uh, get in the second half here, want to get a, a targeting file or something, you know, that, yeah. that'd be fine. They just scored yeah. against Kentucky right now. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. If they want to. 13 to 6. But uh, I really, I'm really hoping for an upset because it's still, well, besides the Kansas State game, I, don't, I haven't really seen a big upset yet. Oh. Little news there from Miss Mary. Uh, no one has a separated shoulder. Uh, that's not good. Let me. Um, sorry, I'm just looking up real quick. From our here's staff guy, Kirby Smart's uh, to Timmy McIntosh after his second. Te- uh, <laughs> Mac. Uh, this is a tweet from Anthony Dashes. Kirby Smart to Kenny McIntosh after his second TD following his fumble. He's a tough mf'er. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, just brutal. Anyway, uh, I, I want to go back to your point real quick there about the pass rush. Yeah. Uh, at one point, and even against the uh, in the running game, when mm-hmm. you have Chaz Chambliss, and congrats to him for his sack there at the end there, but when it's Chaz Chambliss and Robert Beal, because you're two edge guys, yeah. it's just not the same as having Nolan Smith out there on at least one side. Yeah. You know, it just – I can't get over, you know – the bad timing of that for him I not being there against Hooker. Yeah. Jalen Jalen Carter did pretty good this game too as well. Getting back there, especially coming off an of injury. But yeah, Jalen Carter. We broke the news yesterday that he was healthy. We weren't sure he was going to play. Yeah, because we said he's available. So did you need him? Well, yeah, you needed him for there for a while, but at the same time, do you take a chance on him getting hurt before next week? You know, when a guy's coming back like that, well, what was we saw what a couple plays from AD Mitchell. No, he was hurt. He was on the sidelines. He was not. No, no, nothing about this game. I'm like, was it like against Bandy or maybe the week before? And then all of a sudden he's out again. So yeah. it's like, was, just, was uh, Kendall Milton dressed out this game? Uh, he was, but he did not uh, play. Uh, real quick, Johnny, uh, the, the link. Click on the link, and that takes you into our waiting room, and you're able to join the show. So I want to do that. And apparently, uh, Corey, you have the same chair, so. <laughs> but uh, uh, Kirby said he didn't know how bad the uh, shoulder is. Now I was told it wasn't terrible. Yeah. So maybe apparently his shoulder injury is terrible. Separated shoulder sounds pretty terrible to me. Doesn't sound like he can be able to play. Um, I'm just glad this game is being played in Athens next week. God, yeah. I, I've covered a lot of games in Tennessee. Uh, people crap on their fans all the time. I've had – Really good interaction with Tennessee fans. They'll invite you over for a hot dog, a drink, a beer, you know. I live in a house full of them, so I'm talking to them every day. And I mean, yeah, they're, they're excited about where they are. Yeah. To me, the, the worst fans in the world are Florida fans and Kentucky basketball fans. Kentucky basketball fans. Their Kentucky football fans are great. Uh, <laughs> I, got I no don't problem. know. I heard they get pretty crazy down there. A little yeah. there, but. All right. Any other thoughts? Mm. Just really hope you pull it out next week. All right. I agree 100%. Hey, Corey. Appreciate it, my friend. Thanks, man. All right. Let's bring on uh, Junior Jones. Junior, let's get your thoughts. Um, I have a couple observations and maybe one or two overreactions also. Perfect. <clears throat> Glad you called this show. Yeah. Um, so first, just observation-wise, we're still a sloppy team. 
we we are we we can hide it because it's weird because we're disciplined we're a very disciplined team we are but we're still sloppy and that showed in the third quarter whenever we came out and we're just giving them the ball yeah you ran one play and gave them the ball you said what you ran one play and gave them the yes, ball. Yes, right Wayne, Wayne play. And you know what? After they scored. I'm not, I'm not even mad about that. I will say one thing. If, if McIntosh runs like that every time he fumbles, I will let him Wayne fumble every game. <laughs> because he fumbled that ball the next drive. He ran. That, that's the best I've seen him run this season. He ran pissed off. Yes. Because usually he kind of timid. He want to take a little stutter step before he hit the hole. After that fumble, there was no stutter step. He hit the hole. He went down lane. Yeah. I will give him a fumble every single game if he ran like that after the fumble. But, hey, let's do it on their side of the field so it's almost like a punt, you know? Yes. I, I, I would rather, I'd rather happen on like a third and 20. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather happen there. Yeah, that was it. Because, yeah, and you're, to your point about the third quarter, because again, Georgia's the least penalized team in the SEC. But they're, and I, I, try, I don't know if I pointed this out in my column or not, but there's two other teams, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee, that have fewer, have more penalties than Georgia, but fewer penalty yards. Okay. Oh, wow. So That's crazy. About, uh, yeah. That's you know, crazy. You may have, like five, seven, ten more penalties than uh, Georgia, but Georgia has more penalty yards because they all seem to be these fifteen yarders, roughing, the yeah, so hitting a guy out of bounds, pass interference. So you have a play. It's four. They even go for it on fourth down from their fifty practically, and Baird gives them a, a, a fresh set of downs. They take it in the next play. You turn it over. Either one, you know, either one of those things not happening. And that pregame or halftime pep talk from Billy Napier disappears. Yes. I, I will say one thing. That that penalty on Bear, I'm not mad about it. It frustrated me whenever it happened, but I'm not mad about it. Because that's someone playing through. That's someone giving full commitment to the play. Yeah. And then, like, as soon as he registered the whistle, you can see him like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. There was a whistleblower. So I'm not mad about that. Yeah, it's, a fr- it's a freshman mistake. You know, he's out there on fourth down. Yeah. It's like, uh, hey, I'm, and I think that's his thing. It's been disruption from the interior on third down. That's his number one thing. It's not sit in this gap, you know, control one gap, control two gaps. It's bring pressure, third down. So it's fourth down at that point. He's thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get to him. And I yeah. might be able to pull up there. Yeah, so so honestly, because I play, um, I'm I'm undersized if you can't tell, but I play a defensive tackle just because the speed off the ball. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I, nah, I was never big, but um, I was just quick off the line. So they put me at defensive tackle here and there, and every time I was on defensive tackle, it was I'm going, I'm not stopping until I hit somebody. So I can understand that. 
I get it. I played all across the defensive front, defensive back. I mean, a linebacker is never DB, but played outside linebacker, inside, nose, three, five. I, I'm with you there. It's like, hey, you just it's, – it's a mindset, you know, when you're down yes. your pants. And it's hard to turn that off and pull up. That's why all these things about, you know, tapping the quarterback. It was like, oh, my God, you know, rough in the passer. I'm like – Oh man, this guy's six foot six, you know, six foot six, three hundred fifty pounds in motion. Just because your yes. little five nine quarterback stops moving, I mean, you can't stop a train to to not get a, <laughs> a Ford, uh, you know, Ford Focus. I mean, come on. Hey, Matthew, yeah, Thomas, yeah. thank you very much for the two pounds. Appreciate that. And uh, uh, so, Mary J says sloppy tackling. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead, go ahead, Junior. But I want to say. Okay, you know what? You said the sloppy tackling. That's going to get to my next point because, like I said, I have observations. So, like, my first observation, we're sloppy. That's what we are. We have to accept that we're sloppy. We're disciplined, but we're still sloppy overall as a team. My overreaction is – Hold up right there, though. Let's talk about the sloppy tackling. How many guys slid off of Anthony Richards? That's what I'm getting to. We need all week. We need to be open field tackling drills all week. That's it. That's all we need to do. Open field tackling drills. Yeah, I just saw uh, there's an open field tackle missed by Kentucky. They had a guy stopped. He ran right over Jay Wright. and Well, Jay Wright and Jay Wright, two two guys, and just ran his ass over and went zipping down the field. Yeah. Okay. I just see it now because mine's kind of behind. So yeah. I, yeah. So what you're talking about? What what they missed today? And uh, although Javon Bullard had a great open field tackle, and we give him credit for one at least. No, no. Yeah, he did. He did. He yeah, did. There were some others there, and then just guys landing on Anthony Richardson and just sliding off of him. The last time I saw that was against <clears throat> a Tennessee quarterback. Do you remember Josh Dobbs? I do not remember that. Okay. So George was playing in Tennessee. This is the team where in uh, – uh, shoot, uh, you had – why can't I think of these guys? Georgia gets up. It was like 21 to 3 or something like that. And then no one can tackle Josh Dobbs, who's about 115 pounds. <laughs> in the NFL, I never know. <laughs> yeah. So Josh Dobbs, you know, uh, the, the aerospace engineer guy, you know, one of the smartest guys I've ever met, one of the greatest guys I've ever interviewed. He gets out there, and then they just start running him, and he's these naked boots, and nobody can tackle him. And um, I'm trying to think of the UAB transfer that came over from Georgia. He's coaching uh, high school now. Well, I can't think of it, but even that guy was bouncing off of him. So, no, hey, you know. I would say one thing that George is getting better at as a um, universe, like as a, I can as a team, what we're getting better at is adjustments. Because yeah. I remember when the first year, like one year we played Alabama and they had Hurts um, starting. We're spanking them. Halftime's come, they put in Tua. Tua. Tua and Tua beats us. And I'm like, Adjust, adjust. Why are we, why are we not adjusting to a new quarterback? <laughs> and then the very next year, <laughs> two is starting. <laughs> We're spanking them. They put in hurts. 
and we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, it comes down to your scheme. You know, you scheme for one type of quarterback, they put another guy, and now you got to adjust it. And you try to, but you've been practicing a different scheme all week. So, it's a, Eric, uh, hey, I get that uh, not everyone gets a clean tackle on Anthony Richardson, but there were plenty of times you had a clean shot on him and still slid off. So I am going to criticize him for that because that's sloppy tackling. I, well, I'll put it to you this way. Do you think Kirby's criticizing those guys or saying, oh, yeah, you didn't have a clean angle? See, I'm going to put it like this. If I don't have a clean angle on you, I'm not trying to tackle you. I'm trying to grab you. That's all I'm trying to do. I just want to – yes, I want a piece of you can drag me 10 yards down the field if you have to. But you have to do that because I got other players coming to help me. That's it. I'm just slowing you down. So, like, that's just, that's just my thing, like, just open field – but they were and, just sliding off of him. Yeah, basically, he he. Not even just him. I seen like with receivers and running backs where they get the outside and outside guy. That's another overreaction. We had no outside containment. They could get outside whenever they wanted to get outside most of the game. Well, again, we get a lot of that's the fact that you're playing uh, Chaz and Robert Beal. You know. Yeah, possibly. And Michael Williams uh, did some good stuff, but I mean, that's that's a different position for him. You know, that's not the same thing. So sometimes you're formatting. Plus, uh, when you, when you're up three scores like that, it's you know there are a couple points of Georgia's in a dime package. You're running DBs. You know, it's like uh, you don't have a whole lot of guys on the line of scrimmage there because you're like, hey, we'll take your run. You know, uh, or we know what you're going to do there. We know you need to throw it, so we're going to put more people on your receivers. Then uh, yes. worry about the run because if you just want to keep running it, we'll keep you keep everything in front of us and run out the clock in the second half. But then that didn't work out either. So, Thank and then one I couldn't remember Jake Gaines's name. I hate it. It pisses me off for forgetting that. One thing I will say: playing Tennessee, we need to get our safeties committing to playing over top. Do not undercut any route next week. Just watch this team. It's, uh, what was that? Tennessee just scored again. Yes. Every time they get the ball, they seem to score. So you can't have – Georgia's defense is going to have to step up, but you can't have these inconsistent drives. Georgia had like three wasted drives. It's just um, – Yeah, they, they – Let me look up the drives here real quick. Uh, so Georgia punted the first drive, then TD, TD, interception, TD – uh, punt, punt, TD, fumble, INT, TD, TD, then uh, uh, turned it over on downs. I mean, that's just three punts, three interceptions, or three turnovers, that's six drives that uh, you're going to need next week. So, hey, hey Rimmer, we're going to get to you. I see you in the chat there, Rimmer. Don't uh, don't go away. Yeah, I can, I can, I can um, pull out anytime you feel like it, but mm-hmm. I'm just. So, one, that first interception, I hate that started interception. I feel that should be called a catch and a takeaway because that was a perfect pass. Everything was perfect. That DB just took that away. Yeah. yeah. He was, just and, and I hate that for Dom Blaylock because Dom doesn't get a lot of those, you know. Yeah. Dom never dropped a pass and have a guy just kind of 
the angle on it for him to wrench it away. I mean, it's that it, that would because they don't feed him, you know. But they'll keep throwing oh. away But I'm like, what about taking some of those to Kyrus Jackson and Don Blaine? Like he got lad next year. Okay, my last overreaction is we use Bennett too much. Not not Bennett. I'm sorry. Um, Bowers. We use Bowers way too much. I uh, know. No, impossible. Yes. Yeah, see, impossible. my no. thing. Dude, hey, meet me at the Wachovia. We're going to fight. <laughs> no, but, but understand what I'm saying is. If people look at your offense and they say, okay, they're in trouble, where are they going? Go to Brock Bowers. That's where Brock they're going Bowers. We're going we're to bracket 19. Right. So if we have nobody else we can go to at this moment, that hurts us. That's like I hate every time we're in like – third and 19, third and 15, third and 10, whatever it may be. And Brock Bowers make it happen. Gets the first down. But every time – But it works. But, but every time <laughs> I'm like, there's – But there is somebody out there looking and saying, we can stop that. Yeah. And maybe, hey, you know, there have been a few times where it's been a third down and he's he's been – Tied up, but go back to that. Uh, it should have been a touchdown run or touchdown catch, uh, on maybe the first drive, second drive, where they threw to Dylan Bell and he got it to the one. Okay, they were was the first drive of the game for like first drive of the game. I didn't watch the first drive of the game, so I don't know. What, well, I, I mean, didn't watch the first the drive, drive. The first touchdowns scored, but Brock Bowers, you know, everyone's watching him. Dylan Bell gets it, takes it right down the one yard line. Brock Bowers was your decoy in that one, you know. So sometimes, yes, I understand. Out, you know, safeties are hitting up. Here's the thing I, I predicted in my three, two, one that I did not see happen today. With you taking uh, Arian Smith in, putting him, taking him deep, or going after uh, everybody focusing on Brock Bowers, the underneath was open all game. They don't have anybody that can cover underneath. This, and this they, isn't my scouting report. I'm no great guy, but I ask around and, you know, talk to people within the program. Like, they don't have anybody that can cover Kenny McIntosh. We're going to eat him up underneath. Didn't happen. So. And I'll say one thing that we have that we don't use that irritates me is levels. Like, if, if anybody out there that listen that played Madden, there's a play called Levels. Yeah. To where the running back runs out the backfield, runs across the field, literally right across the um the the um goal line, not the goal line, the um line of play. Yes, the tight end runs ten yards behind him. Then you have a uh, receiver running ten yards behind him. That makes the DB commits. That makes the um. Linebacker commits that makes the safety commit. Somebody's going to be open. We don't run those. And we have the personnel to run that. But we don't. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I have to watch it. But I I see – I don't see a ton of pick plays either. To me, I'm like – Yes, also. In the middle. 
And again, that would be a perfect underneath stuff right there. It's like, okay, we got, if you're running levels and you got Marcus Roseby Jack Saint deep, or, you know, one of your lad McConkey deep and you have a uh, Darnell going, you know, he's 20 yards downfield. And then you got, you know, seven yards downfield, you know, right. The first down line, you got uh, Kenny McIntosh. Kenny, it seems like it would work. <clears throat> okay. Right, so um, up, man. All right, up. man. Good talking to you. Thank you for joining the show. You did a great job. Yeah, no problem. Hey, Rimmer Bulldog, let's get your thoughts. Oh, and we lost Rimmer. I'm probably going to get banged for having the game up here in the uh, in, in, in the settings there. We'll get hit for you. You weren't allowed to show the game. We we see it reverse engineered on a on a screen there in the back. So. Uh, let's hit the – oh, my God, I own Petard. Get seriously. He was looking for anybody. It wasn't politics. It was a joke about politicians. Hey, let's bring on Eddie from Ackworth. Eddie, let's get your th – where are you at right now? My home in Ackworth, Roddy. Okay. Well, I mean, that's your name. I didn't know if you were there. I thought you might be in Jacksonville. No, I didn't go to Jacksonville. No, I'm literally in Ackworth. Yes, as my name says, I'm literally here tonight. So, okay. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I don't have my headphones in. Okay. And uh, Antoine Bell, if you have something to say, you can join the show or uh, post it in the comments there. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, your previous guest, I'm sorry, his name slips my mind, raises some good points. We were sloppy. And I said all year that um, starting with the Oregon game, the only way this Georgia team loses is if Georgia beats Georgia. And two games, they haven't done that. And that would be – Oregon, and probably South Carolina. Yes. Other than that, Roddy, Georgia's kind of beat themselves. And they did that today. It, it, it proved itself out over and over. And I really never once thought we were going to lose the game. I got a little a little frightened when, I guess it was when Stetson threw the pick. Um, I got a little nervous there. But, you know, they, they, yeah. they came down and scored again. And once we scored, and by the way, on that drive before um, – Dejon Edwards brings it in. That catch by Marcus Markami, Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint may have been the biggest catch of the year. That was yeah, tremendous. That was. That was yeah. That was to keep that drive. Yeah. Um, but Georgia's just beating themselves right now. It's it's yeah. they're messing around. Florida's not a very good football team. I mean, we we were beating the hell out of them in the first half, and the game was over. And we gave them life. We gave Florida life. It was nothing that Florida did. Okay, we gave them life. And that's what concerns me about next week is that if Georgia goes out there and plays like that today against Tennessee, Tennessee's going to take advantage of those mistakes. And it's going to be 35 to 7 before you can blink. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching this, I'm kind of giving it a little attention here. I mean, yeah. you're in the halfway through the second quarter, it's 21 6. I mean, 20 to 6 26, over Kentucky. Yeah. And Kentucky's supposed to have a good defense. So, yeah, right. That, that's, I'm with you. And that was the thing I said in our, in my write up in, on Friday was uh, I hate picking this game not knowing what the turnovers are going to be like. You know, it's uh, it's impossible to pick it. You know, yeah. did I think Georgia would get lose the turnover battle 3 0? No. No so you gave and they scored ten points off those turnovers. Luckily, the defense uh, bailed you out on one of them. Right. So um, we were talking about this before. Let's say it's twenty to ten. You know, uh, uh, 
I mean, you take their 20 points, take away the 10 from turnover. They scored 10 points this game, and you may have, you know, 56 points. You know, 63, 70. Uh, ridiculous the fact that Georgia gets in Georgia's own way. And again, that's right. We'll keep saying all that stuff, it's, it's all easily fixable. It's stuff they can fix. You can fix the missed tackles. You can fix, you know, these routes not being run correctly. You can fix the, the passes that were off. Mm-hmm. But hell, it's, it's eight games in. Now you're eight. No. So we're gonna, no one's going to complain about a 22 to, uh, I mean, a 22 point victory. Right. But I think everyone in, in the comment section here, let me know if I'm wrong. And we'll get uh, Rimmers back on with us. We'll have him back here in a second. It's You've been waiting for this Tennessee game and maybe the Kentucky game or the Mississippi State game. You've been waiting. When are these errors going to catch up to us? Because, you know, we haven't played anybody. Well, you saw that in the third quarter. But, again, you're right. Georgia can get Georgia's way, and that's why we're not – somebody said, hey, give uh, Florida some credit. I kind of do, but you let them hang around. You let uh, Tennessee State hang around. You let – Missouri hang around. That was again turnovers on you. So yeah. And then and the other thing, Stetson, yes, this was not a good game for Stetson. He's sailing passes. I don't know that he's completely healthy because he's doing the windmill on the sideline, all that. I'm left-handed. I know it's the other arm, but it <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, so I don't know that his shoulder is completely healthy. He says it is, but he's sailing passes. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. There were three drop passes. Uh Darnell Washington short arms one. Lad McConkey drops one, and there was another drop too that were that were dimes. And you catch those. Darnell had two. No, yeah, Darnell had two. That's right. And one of those is probably a, a touchdown if he catches the ball. And yeah, oh, he, he run to the same run over there. that guy. That guy looked like a, a high star kindergartner standing out there. He's going to run over that guy for a touchdown. So that's probably okay. I'll say fourteen points right there. You left on the board due to the receivers. Yeah. But again, you know, there were other play other passes where Stetson missed. So again, yeah. we tried to break this down. He's he was 19 of 38. Uh two TDs, two interceptions. Uh, one was just a phenomenal interception, one was just a boneheaded play. So he's yeah. 50%. He's not had a great game against Florida, although he is two and one against Florida. Right. Um uh something about Jacksonville Stadium doesn't make him play well, but I, I was I was tweeting about this when this was happening. You're you're letting someone else uh, dictate your play. D- d- yeah, exactly. It's like this, you, you can't you're, have that. Playing, you're playing down to your competition, Roddy. That's what happened. That, that's, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yes. and it was a team effort because then you know you're missing tackles in that third quarter. But if you're if your quarterback's struggling with accuracy, what's the worst thing you can do? Drop the ones that hit you in the hands. You right. Know? So. Uh, again, so I'll, I I bang on Stetson. I was one of his early defenders because I, and again, it wasn't the the I wasn't defending him based on his play. I was defending him based on the two sets of standards that he and JT Daniels and other quarterbacks were being held to. Right now, if JT right. threw one threw a bad pass, well, it's no big deal. If Stetson threw one; he's too short, or he's not he's a walk on. No, it's a bad throw. Just criticize across the table, across the board, evenly, and let it go to that. Uh, today he had some bad throws. Again, 50% is not good, but damn, you know, catch him. So uh, the return game, maybe Rimmer will talk about this, but hell, wh- why are you taking the ball out of the backfield? You never got to the 25. Right. You're yeah. catching on the two, catching on three, and it looks like you get you started out on the 15, yeah. 19, yeah. stuff like that. Right. Hey, have you ever separated your shoulder, Roddy? Uh, yes. You have. Okay, so what was the re- recovery time from that? Oh, for me, it, I don't know about 
four weeks before I felt like before I felt comfortable. But again, I, I don't have you know uh, what uh, yeah. Ron Corson taking care of me. But that's the one that scares me. He is the core. Yeah. He's the Nicobe Dean this year, and Nolan Smith exactly. being out next week scares me to death because you could see a drop off, Roddy, when he went out of the yeah. game. There was a severe drop off. Absolutely, missed tackles. Uh, yeah. They went right by Chaz Chambliss, although, hey, yep. again, shout out Chaz for getting his, uh, a sack early uh, yeah, at nice the end of the game there. Oh, the yeah. other one that Michael Williams got, let's not forget that he got blown up and, and pulled two yeah. guys to him, and Michael got the sack. That's a yeah, good play. So, I mean, I, was, I, I don't, don't, don't want to bang on them, but I said the same thing about Robert Beal. Robert Beal and Chaz Chambliss are not Nolan Smith. They're good, just like uh, Terry Mingle Dawkins and Nazir Stackhouse and Zion Lowe, you know, and – uh, Warren Brinson are not Jalen Carter. You saw how different – and again, third down on a passing situation, it's, it's there's not a whole lot of analysis there. You put him in, go after the quarterback. But when uh, Jalen Carter's in the game, especially on third down, and he's take, dragging two guys to the back – into the backfield, it's just completely different. And when we get to the quarterback, Roddy, we got to put him on the ground. I mean, it was like it was like he no, had oil all over him tonight. It was crazy how we couldn't get him to the ground. You know, I'm going to mention our uh, – we were talking about this uh, a second ago about guys sliding off of him. And I know you'll remember that game with Josh Dobbs where Jake yeah. Davis and everybody were sliding off of him. And it just absolutely – this game you should be winning and you just couldn't tackle him. If you do that with uh, uh, Hooker at Tennessee, it's going to be a long day. Miss Marys is right. Uh, we need Nolan. Now uh, – Junior points out, Junior was mentioned before, separate shoulder could just be a dislocated shoulder. Pop that thing back in, it's sore. You know, you take some stuff and you come right back. So, and that may be a situation where the person I, I spoke to during the game, he's like, uh, it's, he's out for the game, but it's not terrible. I'm like, okay, what, what does not terrible mean? I don't know what not terrible means. So, well, you know. What about Amarius Mims? That I don't know. You don't know. I mean, I see. I, I came straight here. I didn't get to watch uh, okay. post the conference. Now, a lot of times, especially on a knee injury or something like that, they'll wait till the next day. You know, and they'll check it out. So, unfortunately, a, a defensive lineman crashed right into his knee and it buckled. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be a sprain or it could be, God forbid, an ACL. You just don't know. You know. Yeah. Uh, JB Fulton nails as as if Jalen Nolan are playing at the same time. Your goal, yeah. I mean, that's a couple couple first round draft picks possibly right there. At least one, you know, so I'm all about it. Well, the, the good news coming out of this game, like you said, we beat our rival. We, we we hate Florida. We despise Florida. We we beat them by 22 points, and we're sitting here complaining about it. So that's a good thing, right? But that is the nature of the show. That's the whole purpose of it. Correct. Is, correct. Just like when we created the dog vent years ago in 1997, it's like, look, come here. Let's, talk, well, let's get together and talk about it. And if you've right. got a wild take on it or you want to bitch about something, we have the dog event. Go ahead and vent your frustrations right. so you don't kick your dog. So, right. it works. so what I'm getting you know. to on that is, is we're pissed off, not pissed off. That's the wrong thing to say. I'm, yeah. not pissed off. I'm, I'm happy, but we're a little frustrated. I'll put it that way as fans. How do you think this team feels right now? The fact that they let Florida score 20 and all we're going to hear about next week and I, I hope this happens, Roddy. I hope Tennessee lays a whooping tonight on Kentucky and they go to number one. 
That would be the yeah. best thing in the world to happen to us. They come into Athens next week as the number one team. Nobody will stop talking about this team. That's all we will hear. And Kirby Smart will say it. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Tennessee. Let's go kick their ass. That's what they're going to do. My only fear is, are we seeing a, a LSU-style offense that's just unstoppable, that's just getting better each game? And, hey, look at SEC coaches in their second year. That there's a long history of guys either making the championship game or winning in their second year. It's just nuts. So, but Roddy, I just don't think their defense is anything like what LSU. No, their was. defense is shit. <laughs> so, got, okay, a guy just a guy just had quarter quarterback lined up and he rolled off him. Yeah, I so saw out of sack. There he goes. Yeah. That's that's what happened to us all night, all night. <laughs> so, all right, hey, so Miss Mary's been uh, right on the spot with all the updates. Uh, She's referring to Mark uh, Weiser's tweet. Uh, offensive tackle Mary Smith says slight MCL injury per Kirby. That's good. Uh, Xavier Truss is dealing with a toe injury. I was wondering why they pulled Truss because Truss, uh, like one of the fir first play of the game, he kills a guy and they run right behind him, first down. Mm -hmm. And then he came out and they put Devin Willick in there. Now, Devin had a hell of a game. I thought Devin yeah. Willick may have. I, I was just wondering if I, I was wondering if I missed a block. If I missed Xavier Truss missing a block. And therefore, they, you know, pulled him out and pulled Will again. But now it makes sense that if he had a, had a toe injury, that was why he went in there. So, thank you, Miss Mary. So, well, I, just, I also like the fact that we just started pounding the rock, Roddy, and and I think that's what's going to give Tennessee some trouble. Is that? And then he that, threw it three yes. times. Okay, let me ask you about that play, Roddy. When when Stetson threw the interception, was that his yeah. call? Did he make that call himself and and decided because Kirby was going nuts when he came off the sideline. Because we have been gassing them, gassing them, gassing them, and then Stetson makes a questionable underthrow, and it's an interception, kills the drive. So was that on him? I, I'd say that I don't know. And this is why when we we do like our grades and stuff, people say, "Well, why don't you grade the coaches?" I'm like, because we don't know what they, call, what they call, right? You know. So and we used to do this, and uh, uh, we actually stopped it. We would give out position grades: offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers. And we just kind of got away from it because it's just – it's too hard, really, because, okay, let's go to the receivers. Uh, you know, they may have caught, you know, 300 yards worth of passes, but they also dropped six. Well, what well, what, what grade is that, yeah. you know? So yeah. we kind of got away from doing that. So, look, we'll just grade each – we'll use a pro football focus. They grade each play, and we'll use them. So, Hell, Kirby could have been yelling at him because he didn't put enough air under the ball, right? Oh, very, very possibly. Very, yeah. very, very possibly. Um, that – <laughs> would not surprise me at all. So, all right. He's yelling at his kickoff coverage team. He yells when it's you're up by 22, he's still yelling. So, I don't think we can yeah. use was Kirby bitching at somebody as a uh, uh, a proper uh, gauge as to whether or not something was done right. And he could be yelling about anything. Remember, was it last year when they didn't run the um, he wound up yelling at Stetson going off the field as if they because he's like knelt down, knelt the, took took a knee or something, and he just gets in Kirby uh, Stetson's face and he walk off. And I was told later on that was all for show. So. Oh really? Yeah. So you're like, yeah, you don't know what it's going to be. Hey, uh, Eddie, can you hang on one second here, real quick? I need to do. I want to mention our friends over at uh, Rogue Apothecary. Uh, well, it's going to be the Rogue Shop. It used to be Rogue Apothecary, but nobody knew how to spell apothecary, so they went to Rogue Shop. But uh, that's what you're going to need right there. 
<laughs> right now, you, they're right now they're showing their sleep gummies because it, for people who have a hard time sleeping, these are phenomenal. The problem is it's almost impossible to keep them in stock. They get them, and they again they make all their own stuff. So the Rogue Shop they make uh, THC gummies, they make CBD oils, um, they make uh, they have Delta Eight and Delta Nine edibles. The edibles are really fun. That's what I have right here. I have the 50 milligram each of the, uh, the THC gummies. Do not take a whole one unless you want to die. I'm not kidding. I, if, if you've never had them before, take a quarter of one, take a half of one, give it about 20, 30 minutes, see how it affects you. If you, uh, if your workplace will not let you, if your workplace tests for that sort of thing, do not take them. Uh, they have the CBD topicals. This is a fantastic stuff. I was, thought I needed a meniscus surgery. I've been using their CBD topical on my left knee. I walk five miles a day. My knee's getting better. Honest to God. I mean, I wasn't able to bend it all the way back. Now I'm able to bend it. It's because basically it's taking the inflammation down. So yeah, I appreciate that. But the one thing that they really push are these, uh, not push, one of the things they really sell really well are this sleep gummies because a lot of people have trouble sleeping. These things are fantastic. Wait, they do have some in stock. Okay, but they've been running out of them. So uh, if you have pain, if you can't sleep, or you just want to have fun, check out our friends at the Rogue Shop. Hit them up when you get, when you get a chance. And use promo code uh, BULLDOGS10 to get 10% uh, off your order when you go over there. All right. Um, hey, Eddie, um, I'm going to bring in Rimmer, but I want you to stay on with us. Okay, okay. Because... Maybe you remember, we'll put you both in a jar, shake it up, and see if you guys will fight. <laughs> hey, Rimmer, sorry we missed you earlier. We had you on. I hit the button, and then you disappeared on us. Probably my fault. Rimmer, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Okay. All right. Yeah, my phone had disconnected. Ah, okay. So I, feel, I hate that, but I feel a little bit better because I thought of something I screwed up. Yeah, I agree with him, Guru Eddie, on most of the points he made about how we get in our own way sometimes. I think this game should have been 56 to 10 at the very least. Yeah. Um, It, it was looking like the Oregon game, 28 to 3 at halftime. I'm like, okay, this yep. is the Georgia offense that we saw against Oregon, South Carolina, rolling. And then the Bear Alexander hit kind of – Gave it for to some life, like absolutely. it's just that kind of like gave him a spark because they were doing yeah, nothing. And if we get if he doesn't make that penalty, this game's fifty nine to ten or some shit like that. Hundred percent. Um, Stetson inconsistent. You know he made some good plays, but then he missed some throws. The interception, the second one was terrible. The first one wasn't his fault. Um, it was yeah. a great. Play by the defensive back. I mean, give that you was a great play. play. A great play. Right. That was incredible. That was incredible. Yeah. Um, so he has to be more consistent. Um, I thought the running game was we ran the ball pretty well. Kenny, Dajan, Branson. Um, we're gonna need that a lot next week. Um, I thought Brock played well. Darnell played well. Had some drops, but I thought he played you know well at times. I thought our defense. Other than that one long pass, which I don't know what happened. It seemed like they stopped playing. Like, it was third and, like, 10. And then everybody just kind of stopped. And then 
Richardson hits that long touchdown, it was like, what what happened? Was that a busted coverage? Did they just what what it looked to me, Rimmer, was you had a situation where they brought a corner blitz. So when you vacate that area, you have to have somebody pick it up, right? So the yeah. safety is supposed to come over and take over your coverage responsibilities. Again, hey, Roddy, my battery's dying. I'm gonna get my plug. Go ahead, continue. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I got my plug too. But <laughs> some of you will know that. The point being, uh, so remember, I think it was a situation where maybe it was Malachi or whoever tried to make a play on the ball, and if you if you miss, then there's nobody back there to save you. So that's what it looked like to me. I need to go back and watch it, but I think it was just a uh, you send a corner, you bring this, you send the corner, bring the safety over to take over for the guy that was supposed to be there, and there's nobody behind him, and you get a 70-yard play. And remember, somebody mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, Eric Richardson had 350 yards on uh, Tennessee throwing. I think it was 450. He was able to just kill it. So, But anyway, yeah. continue, remember, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I was just trying to tell you what I thought happened. Yeah, like I said, outside that play, I thought our defense and some of the tackling at times, yeah. But I thought our run defense played well. I mean, Florida supposedly has a good running game with Richardson and um, ETN. We pretty much shut their run game down. Uh, like I said, tackling, it's like some of it was like just wrap up. Like, yeah. I mean, now he's a big guy. Like, he can, you know, so, but there were times where I felt like we could have made the play and he got five extra yards off of Mr. Yes. Um, but overall, like I said, we won easily. Like this game was listen, even though they made that little run, I never thought we were gonna lose. Like yep. I was a little frustrated because I was like, man, I wanted to beat them. Mm. I didn't yeah. want them to, you know, score. <laughs> but I never yeah, we wanted a shutout. Thought, we all wanted yeah. a shutout, didn't we? Yeah. Exactly. But we still beat them worse than Tennessee did. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to see. Like Tennessee. I mean, they did. What, they won by five points against Florida at home. We won by what twenty-two points on a neutral site field. And so, Anthony Richardson went off on Tennessee. Let's not forget that he went off. Exactly. Um, so I'm yeah, because I'm like Eddie said, not disappointed, but frustrated, but still mm -hmm. happy that we won by twenty-two points. And. Now we just wait till next week because we all know what's going to happen. The media next week, I think almost 90% of them are going to pick Tennessee to win that game. Do you, I mean, I can ask you the media Roddy, who's, the, who's the caller? I'm sorry. What's his name, Roddy? I'm sorry. Rimmer Bulldog. Rimmer, I got a question for you. Do you want Tennessee to win big tonight and come in next week? Because if they win big tonight, they're going to go to number one. You want them to come in as number one next week? I honestly don't care. Number one, number two. Well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but do you think that plays to our advantage if they come in as the number one team? Yeah. I think so, too. I think it, it's, it's going to be a chip because yep. we're the defending national champion, and this team hasn't done anything for the last, what, 10, 15 years. They've had one magical season, and now they're getting all this hype. Right. Uh, it's it's going to be a chip. It's going to be like – and Kirby's going to be eating this up, man. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like Tennessee's offense is going to – go up and down a field against our defense. They're unstoppable. They slayed Alabama. So if they be, if they can beat Alabama, they should be able to beat Georgia. Oh, sure. So, yeah. 
I agree. This is going to be just like how I think the Michigan game last year, if you remember going to that Michigan game, all we heard was how Michigan had a great running game. Georgia looked terrible against Alabama. And I, we saw what happened. Motivation. So I think similar. Yeah. I agree. So, I agree. I, I want them to do the same thing. And I, I think I think that plays perfectly into Kirby's hands. If Tennessee comes into Athens next week as the number one team, and, and I cannot get over the amount of hype. Like you said, Tennessee's done nothing in decades. And they're just hype like no team I've ever seen. Did we get this kind of hype last year when we were bowling over people? No. We got almost no hype. We were hardly even talked about. And then when Bama beat us, everybody was like, well, there's Georgia. Georgia stinks as usual. They can't step up in the big games. And we won the national championship. And we still don't get respect. It just pisses me off. And Tennessee Tennessee is like worshipped right now by the media. It's disgusting. Because it's big offense. People love big offenses. Hey, guys, hang on a second. I'm going to bring on Dane Young real quick, and I am going to step away. Hopefully, Dane Dane will mention our friends at ASW uh, Distillery. Will I? Mention yeah. and drink it. Yeah, he's been drinking for us, so, but I need to step away real quick and take a phone call. I will be back in a moment. But Thanks, uh, Roddy. And no problem. We'll get to, Dane will give you his thoughts, and I'm going to make him do the sales pitch on ASW real quick, and I'll be back in a minute. A phone call. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When Roddy has to take a phone call, there may be some news coming from that. Hey, check out our friends at ASW Distillery. It is awesome. I actually, um, so they have this version for the Atlanta Braves for the World Series Championship last year, which um, until like another few days passes, the Braves are the World Series champions. And that's just going to be how it is. Uh, I finally found it. uh, And so I have a bottle inside. I found it at Five Points Bottle Shop in Athens. And so it is the collaboration between ASW Distillery. It's a special fiddler version. They use bats and how they make that particular bourbon. So you should check that out. Um, ASW Distillery is distilled by dogs and we do have a giveaway that Roddy's running as well. So they're awesome. Their product is awesome. It's one of those things that before we were partners with them, I was already drinking it. And now it's even better because now I get to drink it for uh, a reason, a great partnership with some good people. My overall hey, thoughts hey, on this. And before you get into that, while you're still yeah. on this, I went into my local liquor store here in Ackworth and they didn't carry Fiddler. So what do we need to do about that? Yeah, I asked them. I, I showed them a picture of it. I said, where is this? We don't carry that. So what do you do about that? Um, well, I think you did the right thing by requesting it from them. But the next thing, I may give a call over to one of the tap rooms at ASW right. Distillery and be like, hey, how can we make this connection? And maybe they can work on that. Um, All right. So overall, my thoughts on this game were that Georgia could have beaten Florida without throwing a pass. If it wanted to, they were winning the line of scrimmage for the most part, as much as, I mean, they closed in Dejan Edwards passed a hundred yards and Kenny McIntosh was close. Hell, even Branson Robinson was hovering there before that penalty against Devin Willock. So I I thought that was really encouraging for Georgia's running game. Kirby Smart's already talking about the atmosphere for next week. The Georgia fans have to show up and turn it into a legendary atmosphere. And even so that Tennessee folks are going to be buying up tickets. So don't be doing that stuff, which I thought was funny. The other um, thing is we always hear about how TV and TV dollars and media contracts run college football. I think that's put to the test this week because Eddie, I was hearing you say that could Tennessee be ranked number one? I, I don't 
see that being the case. Although this is a new set of rankings than what we've been working with. If you go based on the evidence that we have from the year, you'd have Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, assuming Tennessee finishes off Kentucky, which looks like that's going to happen. But with a whole new set of rankings here, I look at this and say, if college football wants to hype up the next few days and have no consequence to do it, then it's going to be Georgia 1 and Tennessee 2 or vice versa. Probably what you're saying would actually be the headline is Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, but that would be a media-contrived thing. To me, if Ohio State is not in the top two, because I actually thought that they performed pretty well in the fourth quarter against Penn State in a tough environment. And I think that Ohio State's a better team than Tennessee. And Georgia will see. I if if this is truly a media can kind of have its say on some things and not everything's completely objective and the TV dollars and contracts matter, then I think you're gonna see a one versus two matchup. If you're talking who are the best teams, I don't think that would be the case. But this is the first time that the rankings matter because you have something to work from from here. Now, Dane, I want to ask you a question. A few weeks ago, maybe things have changed. You said, and I, and this is not a direct quote, but it's close, I'm not worried about Kentucky. I'm not worried about Tennessee. We're going to roll those teams. Do you still feel that way? Not really worried about it because I don't even know if it's like – I could make the argument that Georgia has a better chance to get into the college football playoff by losing to Tennessee and not wow. having to play in the SEC championship game. You really and think that's back the case? For 2017, you, really Alabama think, you really think Georgia has the cachet to do that? I don't. Absolutely. I don't. If Georgia I lost, I think if, um, if Oregon wins the Pac 12, maybe I, because, you know, Oregon's looking like they're probably going to win the Pac 12. But I don't want to chance that. But I can see us making the playoffs without winning our division just because that Oregon wins and look well. If, Tennessee, if we lose Tennessee by three points, close game, and then we run the table, beat Kentucky, Mississippi State. It depends on what happens around the, the country. But sure. I can see it because we won last year, so that could help. But I don't want to chance it. I just don't buy it. I, I, don't I also don't it. see Tennessee being as sharp next week just because I don't think Tennessee's dealt with the atmosphere they're about to walk into. That's true. I mean, thank God. If this game weren't kneeling, I, yeah. I may be a little bit scared for Georgia. Absolutely. Thank God this is at home. Absolutely right. Exactly. Agree. Now, I, Tennessee's a really good team, and their offense is great, but uh, Georgia's going to have to score with them. But, but that's going to be college football for the rest of the season. If Georgia has dreams of winning the SEC and winning a national championship again, it's going to be with offensive scoring and getting some turnovers on defense. That's what football is now. You're not going to win a ton of games 21 to 7 anymore. Right. At least not the meaningful ones. So the defense was not that good tonight, Rod, or Dane, excuse me, not Roddy. Um, how much of that was because Nolan Smith was out? Some of it. I mean, there's definitely a step down to Chaz Chambliss, and that's not hating on Chaz Chambliss. There's a step right. down on the other side, too, with Robert Beal, who was active right. today but didn't really have much to show for it. Michael right. Williams coming along, that helps. Yeah. He looked good. Um, you know, as he much as anything. I- starts exposed as a freshman today. Malachi Starks has been exposed in coverage for a while now. Okay. Uh, he, he's not the greatest in coverage, but he's yeah. op- opportunistic on getting interceptions. Right. But Keely Ringo has also been a little bit exposed in the yes. last few weeks. And so I think a 
great quarterback with good receivers, they're going to move the ball on Georgia. So it's going to come down to the biggest concern to me, McConkey and Darnell Washington can't be dropping these balls. Uh-huh. That hasn't hurt Georgia yet. It's going to. Yep. I said the exact same thing. He short armed Darnell short armed that ball. He 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 could he heard that guy coming and Lad was just a flat out drop. You got to catch that football. Hit him right between the eight and the four. Right? Exactly. Like it couldn't be couldn't be much better than that. Um, overall, though, I thought Georgia played a pretty solid game. Oh, do we have news to break, Roddy? When you when you say you have a phone, don't you dare say what we're hearing. Now, I, I don't think it's as bad on the uh, uh, Maris Mims as it could be. Well, you, so Jalen Carter gets an MCL, right? And what, he missed two games mm-hmm. in a bye week? So I don't think I don't think Mims will miss that much time. I don't think his is as bad as Jalen Carter's was. But hey, they got to do an MRI, though, right? I mean, that's the standard. You got to wait for swelling to go down, but it, it's just kind of bent backwards. He was wearing a brace. So, you know, that's that's good. Uh, about no, I was trying to get some info on Nolan Smith, and uh, I think there's a good chance he plays. Hmm. Yeah, wow. Like I said, it wasn't terrible, did. you know, a while back. And as uh, they were talking about earlier in the show, you have a shoulder separation, shoulder dislocation. You know, that's a guy that I think that's. It could be the latter. So, anyway. And, again, normally, you know, we break a lot of bad news. So, the people that uh, tell me what's going on, um, they'll be like, hey, uh, this guy ain't going to be in. That's why we, we're the, usually the first to break news, good or bad, when it comes to injuries. Although, I think uh, Don Blaylock might be in concussion protocol on that uh, catch he had. I mean. Really? I like, yeah. I mean, I think he's – maybe his head hit the ground on that thing. I don't know. Hey, shout out to Darius Sr. in the uh, chat here, and I uh, hope your son's all right because Darius Smith took a pretty brutal hit there on that special teams play, and I'm glad he was kind of able to get up and get help and walked off. But It's a weird thing. It almost looked like he got his breath knocked out of him. He, it was just weird the way it had. It didn't look that bad watching it on replay, but it, it really hurt him, didn't it? Any kind of anytime that I see them kind of working with upper body and they're yeah. back, I just I fear collarbone and yeah. like are you having trouble breathing? But yeah. usually if it's that bad, they don't get up and walk off that soon. So just send them the love. I, I'm not asking for Dare Senior to give updates on his kid. That's not what we're here to do in a YouTube chat. Uh, but just know that like we we were all thinking about you and your family. Yeah, and when I, I always hate when people crap on players because I'm like their parents are watching. Now the guy, you know, has a drop pass, we'll call it what it is. But just when you're up in the stands and you see your kid down on the field hurt, I, I, I don't know how you don't run out on the field. You know, I was my, I was with my son when he was wrestling. I see a kid get him in a, like a chicken wing or something, you know, an arm bar. And I'm, I'm ready to go down there and fight everybody to get them out of it, you know, but you can't do it. Kids get hurt and you, know, you got to let them in it, but it's so tough. And when you see your kid laid on the ground, there's the, it's the worst feeling in your stomach. Like, God damn, the trainer's looking at him. So, uh, but they, Hey, theirs is a big boy and um, that kid's going to be a star. So uh, injuries are part of the game, but shout out to him. Sorry, right, I'll, I'll, I'll pose my quick question to you and then I have to get out of here because I'm already working uh-huh. on film. Don't lie because we're doing Tennessee previews as well. Um, awesome. Can't wait. If 
and I was telling Eddie and Rimmer Bulldog this, if TV dollars run college football like they have for everything else, conference realignments and all that stuff, yada, yada, then these rankings that come out on Tuesday will have Georgia one and two, even if that's not what's necessarily deserved, but just because that's going to push the headlines for four days and five days and be the college football platter. And what else will college football want more than to have Georgia, Tennessee, one, two, and then your nightcap is Alabama at LSU. Come on. (laughs) That's a good point. I mean, there's not enough bourbon in the South and look, ASW is making a ton of it. That that's a day right there. Cause now you're making Bama go into Baton Rouge looking at the team that's likely playing in the SEC championship finish up as it's kicking off. I'm with you there. That's a great point. Yeah. But that's if the media dollars run things. I think Ohio State's better than Tennessee. I think Ohio State's probably on par with Georgia. Yeah. But you know, does that mean that there'll be one or two? We'll find out. I can't imagine anybody else being there. I mean, wait. I mean, didn't know how well. I mean, that's our top three. Michigan will be up there. Ohio State won. I mean, they ran away at the end. Okay. I just remember it being real tight for most of the game. And then I had to tune out. Most of the game. And then Penn State just pissed it away. I mean, they had their opportunity. Literally. We all feel so bad about James Franklin. Hey, hey, Rimmer, what do you think of James Franklin? I don't care about him. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but I I was right. You know, he pulls zero punches. But I will say he did win eight games at Vandy, which is still a miracle. So yeah, no doubt. That's how he got the job. That's how a lot of coaches in the SEC East got fired. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm getting out of here uh, and gonna go drink more Fiddler. Thanks, guys. All right, see you, Dane. Hey, we're gonna bring All on right. uh, Ben real quick here in a second. Uh, but uh, before we do that, I want to mention that the so going into the you know each week we're giving away a bottle of Fiddler. Okay, this is a $44 value, $39.99 to $45, depending on where you're buying it. Here in Florida, it's a little bit cheaper. All the liquor is cheaper down here. It's a great state when it comes to liquor. Uh, but <laughs> shout out to Amari Carmichael, who's a big sponsor of, I mean, a big supporter of our shows. Um, and again, he comes up with a random drawing. You can check it out on, uh, we have no control over it. When it goes to King Sumo, they do our, our pull, the draws for us. So, uh, Mario Carmichael, you are the winner of that bottle. While we have, while I bring on Ben, let's get Ben's thoughts. Say, uh, if Rimmer and Eddie, if y'all can stay on with us, we'll get. Uh, I mean, how much is going to make y'all co co-workers with us? Uh, bring on Ben. Ben, give us your thoughts on the game while I start the new drawing. I need to go in and hit some buttons and stuff. Which uh, the new drawing of the new bottle of Fiddler. I'll put the link into the comment section so everybody can go jump into this new giveaway. So, Ben, take it away. Give us your thoughts on the game and then let uh, Eddie and Rubber tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, this was a, one of the most interesting games of the season. Like, just all over the place. Overall, good for Georgia, but this game was just bizarre to me. You go up 28 to 3. I thought, man, Georgia's playing as good of a game since Oregon. And yep. then it just, they, they, they just came out kind of flat in the third quarter. And, that's one of those deals where you have to have your foot on the gas 24-7 if you're going to play Tennessee next week. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you just have to because they can score at will. Like if Tennessee was the defensive team, um, if they were flipped, I would be like, okay, I, I can kind of get it. Maybe you can leave your foot off the gas a little bit. But this is one of the highest scoring offense in college football. You have to have your foot on the gas the whole game. 
And really what I was impressed by was the offensive line had arguably its best game of the season. They had a couple miss and pass pro, but that's the thing that's most encouraging to me is when you look at the Missouri game, the offensive line was the weakness. When you look at it since then, it's been arguably the strength. And if you're going to beat Tennessee, it has to be the strength. And I think Georgia's defense, the, the main thing was Anthony Richardson trying to tackle him. He's probably the hardest quarterback to tackle. Like nobody, it just seemed like he was just bouncing off of everybody. If they would have tackled Anthony Richardson a bit better, I mean, I and you had a fumble by McIntosh, we're talking about 10 points less off the board. So I'm not really down on the defense. I was a bit concerned in the third quarter, but I'm not really as down on the defense as some are. The offense, you you can't drop those balls. You, you just can't. You had plays on the field. They left a lot of points on the field. Darnell dropped the pass. Lad McConkey dropped the pass. You had Stetson missing some throws. But you had guys on those plays. So I, I just look at it from the perspective of Georgia's still good enough to beat Tennessee. And if I had to make a prediction, I think they do beat Tennessee next week. But it, I, I think it's going to be one hell of a game because the defense, I think one of the big keys is going to be pressure. They got pressure today for once. If they get pressure next week, they're going to win. Well, if they get pressure and put him on the ground, that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Even if he creates throwaways, though. Well, true. Even if you create throwaways. Because Tennessee, they score quick in that tempo. You get them throwing out of bounds, that slows their tempo down. That's big for Tennessee. So even throwaways, I think, is acceptable given the team. Um, some of these other teams, not as much, but tempo is huge to Tennessee. You get them out of rhythm where they're, they're not playing fast, they're in a bit of trouble. But I, I think the advantage for Georgia, you said at the offensive line for sure, they looked really good. But I think it's going into this fourth quarter, you bring in a fresh Branson Robinson, and he's just mauling people. I mean, that's he didn't even play a snap, and he comes in, and he just looks like a beast. I think that's what Tennessee is not faced. I mean, they're facing one very good running back tonight, Chris Rodriguez for sure. I'm not going to take anything away from this kid. We got three guys, and the offensive line is just going to lean on them next year, next week. And we can take the air out of the ball, unlike Kentucky. They can't do that. Hey, remember, give me your score for next week's game. Putting uh, you on the spot. Thirty-eight. No, no. Uh, I'm touchdowns and a field goal. I think. I think we score. 40 in the 40s. So I'm going 42 31 Tennessee. I mean, not Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, <laughs> Oops. Hey, that was a Freudian slip. Yeah, really. Then, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, because what I think is I'm conflicted because should we be aggressive or should we play possession? Because LSU, when they played Tennessee, they were aggressive and it blew up in their face. So, I don't know how we're going to – because you got to anticipate they're going to score on their drives or at least move the ball a lot. So, offensive, we got to act like we got to score on all our possessions or at least control the clock because we can't go three and out. You can't have missed possessions because Tennessee will take advantage of it. So, I don't know – I hope AD can play next week. I mean, we really can use 80 next week. Well, um, changes completely. Well, what do you mean by aggressive? Because LSU is going like, for a like, fourth like, and 10 at like dead at the 50. That's, that's not aggressive. That's stupid. Because that's what I mean. Like, if you're saying we're going to go for it a lot on like fourth and three and short yardage, because we know we got to get up and score, I get that. But when they were going for it on like fourth and 10, fourth and 15, 
That's um, my best childhood friends from Baton Rouge or half his family is, and he's an LSU grad. And he was texting me during, he goes, we, we have the head coach of the, I think LA chargers who goes for it on fourth down, like every damn time and fails half the time. He's like, that's what it feels like, but they failed on like 90% of the time. So like they were moving the ball, but they couldn't get points because on fourth down, it was like, what are we doing? So I think there's a difference between aggressive and stupidity. Half of what LSU was doing was stupidity versus, okay, fourth and two, we got to get a touchdown. I get that. But go for it on fourth and 10 or fourth and 15 from midfield. Kirby's not going to do that unless it's fourth quarter, one score game, and he has to. I don't think you're ever going to see that. But if I think the game plan you're going to have to pass because you're going to have to score. Um, I think they're going to try to cement the run at some point because you have to slow the clock down, get your defense off the field. I think they're going to be very balanced on offense, and I think they'll be aggressive if they have to, but I don't think they're going to go for it on fourth and long and stuff like that. I mean, that's not Kirby's MO, but Georgia, this was the first time they didn't get a fourth down, although I thought it was a completed fourth down, the pass yeah. to uh, uh, Darnell Washington that they ruled a fumbled. I mean, that he caught, brought into his body, ran two steps, and then it fell out. That, to me, is a securing the ball, football move, fumble, but they called it a incomplete pass. And so that, But that was the only time – all year out of nine attempts that Georgia hasn't completed a fourth down. And I thought the fourth down play to Brock Bowers was genius. Coach Donnan called it before it happened. They came out, uh, they got Brendan Cox to jump off sides, and then they hit Brock Bowers down the edge and you know, were able to uh, punch it in there. I thought that was good. And, hey, uh, how, how's Brendan Cox doing? Ooh, not good. <laughs> He's done now, isn't he? Off to the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I don't know where he would get drafted. Probably like fifth round if he gets drafted. Like that's not. I mean, Aziz Ojolari was. I mean, he got robbed of the first round, and but he was still second. And Adam Anderson would have been a first round pick if what happened to him didn't happen. So not a good decision in the long run. It looks like everybody put your scores in the uh, in the uh, comments there. Let me know what you're uh, what you're picking for this Georgia Tennessee game when you get a chance. But yeah, uh, I saw. I loved the touchdown run with Kenny McIntosh when he goes up to – they run right at Brenton Cox. And then uh, Broderick Jones, and I'm trying to think of who was the guard on that side, maybe Devin Willick. Mm-hmm. They just – and he, he kind of got stood up there at, on the goal line, and then Broderick Jones and Devin Willick just pushed everybody, and the last guy standing was Brenton Cox. And he so hit I don't need to get Brenton Cox. I don't want to be a, a jerk, but – I'm just I, when I when I tell folks, hey, this kid was a joy to cover in recruiting and enjoyed our interview and stuff like that. Britton Cox was not. So, yeah, there are some of those. Jalen Walker, though, that is one of the top tier recruiting covers. I would say he's number one for me personally. Yeah. But him, Rashawn Evans, and maybe uh, Josh Dobbs, <laughs> like my top three of all time. Oh, Josh Dobbs. I got one thing to say to you guys. Who would you rather have this week? Josh Heupel preparing for the University of Georgia or Kirby Smart preparing for the University of Tennessee? Go dogs. Uh, that's a, that's uh, a great point there. Which one you got, Rimmer? Kirby all day. I mean, give <laughs> me a chance to make another mistake. Let me ask you a question. Um, this Tennessee offense. Now, yeah. Kirby's face, great offense. I mean, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma, uh, Doe Burrow, LSU, Mac Jones, 2020. 
is Tennessee as good as 2019 LSU? Because I was just that asking game, that. LSU scored 37 points. I would say no. So just because Tennessee's got, I mean, LSU had more guys. I, I think they are. I mean, I think they're, I think they're called lightning in a bottle because I think it's just they go so fast, and everyone can point to the Florida Tennessee game and how close it was. Tennessee has gotten better each week. Just like we're expecting Georgia to get better each week, right? Well, Tennessee's that offense is getting better. I don't think the defense is getting better, but that offense is getting each game. You know, when you have another 60, 70, 80 plays, you get smoother and you get better at it. And uh, Mims, who Mims doesn't have an ACL, I think he has an MCL issue. So I know it's not an ACL, uh, but we haven't seen the MRI, but it could just be a sprain. Point being, uh, there, that, I asked the same thing, Rimmer, earlier. Is this a 2019 LSU that's just kind of catching lightning in a bottle? And, or heck, I, I go back to a different sport altogether when Georgia hosted FSU in the mm-hmm. uh, regional and baseball. It's like, you know, Georgia's going to kill them, but then FSU just goes on a tear and they just beat, beat the pants off everybody. Sometimes you catch a hot streak, you know? So I'm, 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 it's it's going to be tough. Remember, and people are talking about, hey, you can't throw away, uh, you know, you can't have. You, somebody asked earlier, do you have to score on every possession? No, but I want to go back to what Ben said. Georgia running the ball. Georgia ran the ball great. I was, I mean, I don't, again, I don't try to second guess coaching, but I'm like, neither team in the second half should have ever thrown the damn ball. Both of them were running true. as well. Hundred percent true. Everybody running, and what Georgia needs to do, what Florida should have done in the second half, run the ball. Because what do you do? You eat up clock. You move – you win the win field position. You score. You cut down Tennessee's possessions. So that – and you rest your defense. You have a couple turnovers as fast as Tennessee goes. You got offense, uh, defensive linemen out there huffing and puffing. You got linebackers out of breath, and then they, they just gash you. So next week with Dejan Edwards – uh, Kenny McIntosh running like a madman. Branson Robinson. Branson Robinson killed a man. I don't know who that guy was. Maybe 22 for Florida, but that dude's still picking uh, uh, pieces of uh, Branson Robinson's cleats out of his chest. He, he 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 knocked over three guys. So, But if you can get four yards, five yards of carry, run the ball and keep Tennessee on the sideline. So uh, you would hope that if even if they are LSU – you know, they are that Alabama team that scored so many points. They are Oklahoma. You know, you don't have the same defensive guys that you did before, but maybe this is the year your offense is supposed to carry your defense. Let's go back to RBU or tight end you. Georgia in the first half, rolling out was great. I got my little list here of all the play action passes. They were killing them. Three play action passes on one drive, going to Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, nine. Uh, passes to Brock Bowers. They can't stop it. They can't stop throwing to Darnell Washington. Now, he dropped three passes today. That wasn't great. You know, but still keep feeding him because Tennessee doesn't have a way to stop that. And some of those little things that we consider passes that are basically runs, little pop passes, the uh, uh, 49 to Lad McConkey around the edge, you know, a jet sweep, keep that stuff up. And all the counter plays that were just go, going on, just keep doing it. <laughs> Matthew Cotton, hope Bobo's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Todd Monk is doing. Todd, apparently, like 
the play action roll, the play action, the rollouts, and the throwing to the tight ends in the first half worked so well that for some reason they stopped doing it in the second half. Well, this was too this was yeah. too effective. Sorry, I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think that needs to be a game plan. Run the ball, use your tight ends, uh, control the clock, try to limit their possessions. You know, I think defensively, like I said, I think our defense played well. It's just some of the tackling wasn't sharp, but I thought our run defense played well. I mean, Florida is one of the best rushing offenses in the SEC, and we pretty much shut them down outside of a couple of plays, but they couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, we stuffed them like almost every run play. So well, here's the thing, remember on that, and again, this is my third-rate analysis. We need to ask uh, Brent Rollins or guys like that or Coach Donnan. But it seemed to me in that first half when you sh shut them down, they had 88 yards in the first half. But it's mm -hmm. because after that first play that uh, Javon Bullard hit him, hit Anthony Richardson, he wasn't a threat to run in the first half. I think in the second half they gave him uh, a couple of a leave or some Tylenol or uh, morphine or epidural, whatever. And all of a sudden he felt a lot better in the second half. On that drive where, again, you pointed out the fact that if you don't hit the quarterback on fourth down, maybe you stop him, you know, and the entire complexion of the game is different. But he ran the ball three times, and when he is a threat to run, and that's why dual-threat quarterbacks are so dangerous, now you're having to spy him, plus they can get their running back, you know, Etienne out there in space or, you know, between the tackles. Then they ran it. That was my fear. Can If a healthy Anthony Richardson is running it and all their talented, versatile backs who can also catch – that's when they actually put it to Georgia and Georgia didn't really have a good answer for it for mm -hmm. a few drives there. But in the first half, you're right. The, the run defense did look good. And then some of their, their run calls were just stupid, just dumb. So, Hey, thanks for uh, running right into, you know, uh, Diana Logue or Warren Brinson or <laughs> Ingram's talking. I just mm -hmm. run right into them. Like, you know, let, or try to run one-on-one -on -one with the Juman, uh, but Dumas Johnson, that's that's a that's not a good call either. Yeah, well, Roddy, you brought it up like the dual threat quarterback thing, and I watched the uh, obviously I watched the Ravens on Sunday and beating the Buccaneers. So the Georgia fans that are Falcons fans, you're welcome for first place. Um, seeing like when you have a Lamar Jackson or even Anthony Richardson in college, when you have guys like that, there's two threats to run in the backfield. It changes yeah. everything, and you have to have your defensive ends that crash. They have to make a decision. First half, they did not care about the threat of the quarterback. When they were free, they all charged the running back, and that made the run defense a lot easier. When If Georgia just has one central rushing target in the backfield or they run in motion and you know that motion guy's a threat instantly, it makes it a lot easier. When you have two guys, it just that's when Anthony Richards started running. They had two drives where they couldn't stop the run. Every yeah. other drive, they, were, they shut them down. Those two drives, Anthony Richardson ran a lot. And that's where, you know, for Georgia, it's like your eye discipline is important. Their eye discipline didn't need to be important in the first half. And that and that's one big thing. Hendon Hooker's athletic. He hasn't run it as much as Richardson, but he's still a threat to run. So they have to be careful of that next week. And I know Kirby's going to be talking about it all week about you got to be have great eye discipline. And you got to be able to, you know, pick the right guy off the run play on those meshes. So. I, I look at that as when there's a central running back, the run defense is shut down, but you got to be better against a mobile quarterback in the run game. You just have to. 
You're absolutely right. When you have the two threats, that's when it worked, and they were moving up and down the field. Although Georgia did stop a few times, but and also to uh, give Rimmer his, his uh, uh, a fair take on this, Georgia made tackles in the first half and then slid off in the second half. So I was like, oh, we got a 25 point victory. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Heck, even when you scored your last one, they came running right up the field and guys are still sliding off. So. I think he, uh, I think he's correct. Uh, a couple pointed out that uh, I won't say that uh, Georgia hasn't improved week from week. I think you would have seen Georgia on a better trajectory, uh, offensively and defensively, if you didn't have some key injuries. Who can replace Jalen Carter on the squad? Nobody. Who can replace Ad Mitchell on the squad? Nobody. Nobody. So you've really you've only been down two guys now, and this isn't a shot against Kendall Milton. I love him, but with Kendall Milton out, you still have Dejan Edwards can step in. You know, big day for him: 106 carries, or 106 yards on 12 carries, a couple touchdowns. He's had multiple touchdown games before. Branson Robinson looks looks great. You know, losing a running back is not as bad as losing, and you have a ton of wide receivers, but nobody's been able to do what Andy Mitchell does. He's got that separation. Kirby Smart called it that twitch. You just don't have any guys like that. You don't have anybody that just absolutely can take two offensive linemen and drive them into the backfield like Jalen Carter. So even though in totality you've been really healthy, you're missing two guys that just can't be replaced. So hopefully A.D. Mitchell, if you can get him back next week, that'd be gigantic. And if you can get uh, Jalen Carter, I mean, he looked really good this week. Get another week, maybe he's right back in it. So. Yeah, I just think that one one guy is Bear. I know Bear had the penalty, but I, I've actually been kind of impressed with him in getting quick pressures because he has not gotten the sack, but he's gotten a lot of quick pressures. He's fast. I thought that initially, I just thought in the spring and all the reports and stuff, and I know he got injured. I was like, I don't think he's going to play much as a freshman. He's played a ton. So I think in the long run, even beyond this year, I don't think I've seen that many freshmen play on defense. Jalen Walker, he's playing on third down a lot, Jalen Walker, and – Jalen Everett sneaking up with the cornerbacks. I think he's getting more reps each week. So one thing in the long run is these freshmen, there's like between Michael, Starks, I'm trying to think, Everett, Walker, and Bear. I mean, there's at least like five guys who play a lot. Not You know, the one thing is Nolan Smith also, if he's out, he's another name that there's not a guy like Nolan Smith that behind him at outside linebacker that replaces him. Maybe they switch the formation, get Michael to play more on the edge. But he's another guy that if he's out, he's in that Jalen Walker or Jalen Carter and A.D. Mitchell role. Like, you need a guy like him next week with his speed because he helps the quarterback run because he's so athletic. I remember when he chased Bryce Young in the national championship game. His containability on those runs is really good. So Nolan Smith is one guy. You you, got to get him back next week or soon because he's vital to the defense. I think he might have a peck issue, or you know, they said it was a shoulder issue, but I mean that that whole area, he was in pain. So, but again, if there's any way he can play, he will play. So that's he's just a, a bad man, and trust me, he'll want to beat Tennessee. They may have to, I don't know, you may have to hook him up to a lie detector. Hey, no one does this hurt? No, it, it, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> that's a guy. Did he get hurt up. there last year? Huh? He got hurt against Tennessee last year. I could have sworn. You probably, dude. I can't remember what I had for lunch, so you probably remember. I, I, I could have sworn Smith got hurt against Tennessee because I remember he went to the locker room. 
there's like 20 guys were sitting down against Tennessee. I mean, it felt like they had 20 injuries, but in reality, they only had like one that whole game with uh, all the D linemen sitting down. I remember. I'm curious if they do that this year because I know that the SEC said they're going to crack down on it. Yeah, uh, they, they do have the whole fake thing there. But uh, if anybody's going to be faking uh, injuries in this one, it might be Georgia. So let's. Uh, I hope they brush up on that rule. <laughs> hey, uh, Rimmer, we're going to let you go. We're going to bring on Derek. Derek was with us earlier, and then he kind of bounced out for some reason. So we're going to uh, let you go. Rimmer, thanks for being on the show, man. All right. You have a good night. Go dogs. Go dogs, Rimmer is an awesome, awesome guest there. That's why we kept him on through for through a few bunch of people because he's really no good. Favorite. I love no holds barred, man. He's just uh he's one of the best. Let's bring on Derek Burke. Hey Derek, how's it going? Nope. Huh, we lost Derek. That's twice. We've had Derek uh on there and then uh, Derek decided to bounce off. Uh, so be it. Uh, I posted the uh, the promo code for the Seven uh, Six Apparel. It's promo code POS twenty two. Post game over react show twenty two. Uh, use that to get any of your apparel deeds at the Seven Six. Now remember, Seven Six Apparel is not Amazon. So if you have any, if you want to get a Gator Hitter shirt, remember it's like three guys, three fans <laughs> uh, having to build this stuff one at a time. So it's not a uh, it's not instantaneous. These guys actually make this stuff. They can't go to a bin inside the uh, in the giant warehouse and pull your Smedium Gator Haters T-shirt. You know, so if you've ordered some of the cool stuff they have, they also they have to be able to get it from the manufacturer, then create it, you know, build it, and send it to you. So uh, be patient when you order stuff from them. We also send them a lot of business, so they're. Uh, it can be a bit overwhelming, you know, for those guys. So give them give them time to process your order. But hit up our friends at um, uh, the Seven Six Apparel. Use promo code POS twenty two to get twenty percent off of your thing. Uh, I need to pull up the stats here real quick. I want to see defensively how they fared out. Uh, leading tackler, who's leading tackler? You think? Ooh, without looking. Was it Munden? He was second, so if the guy had played, you're quick. Yeah, seven tackles, uh, but somebody beat him. Was it Dumas Johnson? Third. Oh, damn. Damn. I'm trying to physical. Oh, was it? Oh, I'm trying to think. It's got to be D-Lyman. Was it Michael? No, no, physical. Like, this guy is undersized, but he's the most physical guy on the Chris field. Smith? Javon Bullard. Oh, Bullard. Smith was fourth. So you got second, third, and fourth. But Javon Bullard, eight tackles, five solo. I remember I was like, Chris Smith made a lot of plays tackling. He like did a lot uh, today, it felt like. Uh, well, Chris Smith uh, with a sack. He's credit with a sack. So, uh, But Javon Bullard, one and a half tackles for loss, five solo. So he had eight tackles, five of them were solo. That, that's big. So uh, Chris Smith also had uh, five solo tackles. He had six total. So that's kind of big. Malachi Starks with uh, five, so he was fifth on the team. And Nazir Stackhouse um, lead, led all defensive linemen with five tackles and uh, a half tackle for loss. So, uh, again, I'm kind of looking down who can stop this uh, Tennessee team that's just, just now at 30 points. It's 30 to six. They're beating the brakes off Kentucky. Uh, Javon Bullard, you're going to need him. Uh, Smile Munden, uh, 
Dumas Johnson, Chris Smith, Malachi Starks. And I, I, I hate to say this, but we're going to need to see a better game from Keely Ringo. Oh, 100%. He hasn't had a complete – I mean, he has had like a shutdown game. I know Oregon didn't really just do much at all, so that's why he was okay there. But he hasn't had like a complete lockdown game, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm like, that game, he stood out. Like, he hasn't had that game this year, which is kind of shocking to me, because especially for – they term it, it's his money year, you know, yeah. because a lot of people thought, you know, he's going to go high in the draft. I think the one thing I'll say about him is his best football is definitely ahead of him. Like Tyson Campbell is the same way. They're kind of guys with their build that you're like, okay, this guy's at least 6'2". He's going to run 4'3 in the 40s. He's got long arms. He's a prototype DB. So, And Tyson Campbell's first year in the NFL was awful. Now he's doing great. And I think Keeley's going to be one of those guys. He's still very raw, and his best years are probably ahead of him. But for this season, he needs to be better. He just has to. If he's going to be your number one corner, he's facing Jalen Hyde or Cedric Tillman next week. Those are NFL – off the bus type of receivers, and he's got to face them. So he's vital next week. I go back to that. I, I mentioned this on Twitter, and I got blown up for it. I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. It's Twitter, and when Twitter starts giving me a check, then maybe I'll care. But uh, <laughs> I mentioned that Keita, this was another busted play where Keely Ringo lets a guy get behind him against Vanderbilt. The ball went through the guy's hands. That also should have been a long uh, catch, maybe even a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week the Florida receiver actually caught it. So, And there have been some other plays where he's gotten burned. And then he had the third and 17 where he got the pass interference call that allowed uh, them to uh, uh, convert a, you know, a third down that shouldn't have happened. And there's been some other PI calls. Again, we talked about how Georgia is the least penalized team in the SEC, but the penalties they do get are 15-yarder ones, you know, and, and ones that extend drives. So uh, next week he needs to be up there uh, and I'm – I don't want to say the teams had been picking on Kamari Lasser earlier, but they were. They were going after Kamari Lasser because they're, they're looking at the films like, well, we're not going to throw on Keely Ringo, so we're going to go after uh, Kamari Lasser, and that had been effective. But now, as, as of late, it's been just as effective to go after either one of them. So uh, the eye discipline when you have Javon Bullard playing his first year there, you have Kamari Lasser playing his first year there, you have Malachi Starks playing his first year ever, you know, that's uh, – that's a lot to ask. You now, you know, Chris Smith, Keely Ringo, you know, veterans, but you got three guys in that secondary who the stuff that Tennessee does could be very, very tricky. So that's kind of why I was kind of looking at the defense there. Because I thought Dalen Edwards, I mean, Dalen Edwards is going to be a freshman, but I, I'm really impressed with him. And I don't know, the practice report seemed to be better on him. So he seems to be improving and getting more snaps. But I think he against is, that offense. But next week, you're probably not going to see him. You, you don't want to throw a freshman corner unless you're forced to in that. So yeah. Lester and Ringo got to step up. But I actually think the most consistent guy in coverage is probably Ballard. I think Javon Ballard is probably the most consistent yeah. guy in coverage this, this year of the three. Ty, Ty Key's been okay, but he hasn't had the amount of snaps. Yeah. So Ballard's the guy who you probably trust the most out there of all the, the guys at corner and star. And then Chris Smith. I think it's Chris Smith and Ballard are going to be the two guys that you're going to probably trust most out there. So Starks needs to be more consistent, as with Keeley. And this is going to be a big one for Lasseter. This is probably going to be his biggest game, you know, so far of his career by far. Yeah, hopefully it's his breakout game where he gets two picks, you know, and uh, turns into that turns into that guy because he's going to be a star. Just you know, has there been an interception by a corner this year? 
I thought you had been, but now I'm because I'm trying. To, Chris Smith and Starks have, to my knowledge, all the interceptions. I yeah. could be off on that. They both have two. So uh, I was going back to uh, maybe Tyke Smith gets some more play in this game. You know, it's like, I mean, he's definitely your dime guy. So you know, maybe you bring him in. This guy who can do a good bit. Not having uh, Dan Jackson being missed, that was your uh, also your dime guy. So him not being out there is pretty tough. As uh, a couple other people point out, not having Dan on third down passing situation hurts. Again, that's a guy who's may not have the physical capabilities that some of these other mm-hmm. guys do, but recognizes talking eye discipline. That's a guy who didn't get uh, tricked a lot. So I'd love to have him out there. Does okay. Uh, uh, Bone Me Unit says he thinks that uh, Ringo has one. We can look that up here in a second. Uh, but Eric Carpenter said they thought it was Starks, not Ringo, that messed up on that play. Now, Ringo just let the guy get behind him, and he was with him, but then he jumped early and didn't high point the ball. It went over his head, and the guy caught it. So now there was a play where uh, Starks let a guy go for a 22-yard touchdown because it was a corner blitz, yep. and I don't think he got over to pick up the uh, receiver or me. Mm-hmm. Tried to make a play on the ball, and the ball got past him, and boom, 70-yard touchdown. So, Yeah, I did just look it up. So there are four guys that have tallied six total interceptions for Georgia. Chris okay. Smith and Starks are tied for first with two. Right. Then Dan Jackson with one, and then Tresman Marshall with the other one. That's right. So, there, so no corners have gotten interceptions this year for Georgia. So yeah, and you don't have a ton of sacks. Uh, Georgia's like last in the SEC in sacks. So when your corners aren't getting, and again, some of that's just by design. But when your yeah. corners aren't getting a lot of sacks, and your defensive line, your linebackers, and guys aren't, you know, by design getting, uh, you're, you're not getting interceptions and sacks. This ain't the defense that you had last year. So and yeah. you're about to face one of the best offenses in the country right now. Although Kentucky's really helping them by giving the ball away. Yeah, and the clock management at the end of that half by Kentucky was awful. I mean, you have 30 seconds in the half, you basically then give the ball back and a touchdown immediately to Tennessee. You can't do that. But I also see Michigan and Michigan State are in a dogfight. That's why that's one of those games every year that I say I never would never want to bet on that. That's one of those rivalry games where one team could be 0-6 and the other team could be number one in the country, and you, you just don't know. Uh, Chris Smith asked, is Chris Smith the best safety in the conference? I would say yes. Or, ooh, Brian Branch at uh, Alabama is really good. But, but look who asked. Oh, Chris Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, put the phone down. Curry's going to see you. He's going to get mad at you for being on the show. No, that's a uh, uh, pass rush needs to improve. Uh, Rogues events. Yes, it does. But, again, that's, Nolan Smith is your right now your pass rush. Uh and definitely having Jalen Carter, that getting both those guys, that would be big. Um, is this? I, I did want to ask you: Was do you think next week is going to be the biggest home game, especially that you've covered ever in G- Georgia football? Because I'm thinking I've not seen the potential one-two matchup in Athens. I don't know if that's ever happened, or maybe it happened decades ago, but I don't remember a one-two ever in in Athens. I think that Georgia played Alabama. Georgia-Alabama or Georgia-LSU were both gigantic games. Yeah, but I think here, like I think this might be 
have a chance to be the biggest. Was Arkansas like top five? Last year, Arkansas was like they were bottom top ten. That was a big game, but it was also I think the three thirty or night game makes it bigger. That's just me because the no, you're right. Are- but, you know they they had the whole lead in with the game day being here, and they went right at noon. They went right in the stadium. You know, it was very cool. But again, I think they were like five at best. You know, so uh, it wouldn't be a one-two. So you beat them by that. But I'm just saying the the hype going into that game was crazy. You know, it was like. Was it Sam Pittman's first year, second year, whatever it was, everyone's going nuts. You know, there's something about SEC coaches in year two. Kirby played for a title in year two, and you can go back through the list of guys. You know, Mark Richt in year two, all these guys in year two just blowing it up uh, all across the SEC. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy phenomenon in the SEC. If it's a, if it is a successful coach, usually their second year is just insane. Hey, mm-hmm. oh look, look who's joining us. He can get his camera straightened out. We'll figure him out. We'll have uh, Paul Meharry on. Uh, Sorry, folks, when you have to get the top of my head, but uh, I'm looking down. Well, they I'm they did bring up now. Notre Dame was is pretty big for a home game just because it's Notre Dame, and that was that was up there. Yeah, that was big. I, I need to go back, folks. Tell me what you thought the biggest game that you saw in the. Uh, yeah, the, that was a big one. Uh, Matthew Cotton, our friend in Britain, says as much. Oh. Hey, fix oh. that hair. Fix oh that. Oh, my God, So man. here's the thing. We had uh, Paul <laughs> Harry. Paul was actually at the game. He took his uh, lovely bride. I don't know why she would go slumming with him. She could have gone with somebody who was cute. But she went with Paul. And, Paul, uh, what would you guys think of the game? You were there. Give us your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. Um, I lost a little bit of my voice. But uh, – it, it got really quiet on the Georgia side after uh, Florida scored, got it, got it, got it to an eight point game, 28, 20. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it got really quiet because at halftime, everybody was like, you know, saying bye to Gator fans across the, across the aisle. They were like, you're not going to come back. Talking Things shit, like yeah. that. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, and uh, next thing you know, they score 17, 17 unanswered. Right. Uh, and the crowd was dead silent. <laughs> I looked like, at here we uh, go again. Yeah, yeah. I looked at a buddy of mine and I was like, "Hey, man, you know they're going to have to bring put a drive together." And they did, uh, but you know it, it ended up being a uh, pretty wild game. I thought it was going to turn out uh, to be a blowout. You know, twenty eight three at halftime, right? Yeah, uh, but you know, at the end of it, it, it ended up feeling more like a blowout, but. There was a time there if if Anthony Richardson, uh, I will say if Anthony Richardson could pass like Hendon Hooker, uh, this game kind of would have been a little different because Anthony Richardson missed some wide open guys that I would feel like you know with every all the talk about about Hooker uh, would make those passes and, and be house calls on a couple of them. So I think Georgia lucked out in that department right there. I also want to know why did Georgia on that interception run Dejon Edwards on a wheel yeah. route when you when you have Kenny McIntosh, you know, you know, an older guy, you know, who could who could run that, you know, or hell, Lad McConkey, you know, let him run that wheel route. Uh, he yeah didn't run didn't run the yeah, right was... route. Stetson throws it and it's an interception and we're like, ah, damn it, why? Well, why? not only that. Darnell was open on a checkdown that had 
a bunch of green grass ahead of him. That would have been like a 20 yard play on just a check down. That was yeah. an easy access, big, big game that he had sitting right there. Um, even though I do agree with you, Roddy, because Kenny McIntosh, what, what is uh, Brent said? PFF's like highest grade receiving running back. Yeah, like, the he's best, very consistent. DeAndre Swift. I mean, he was your, your second leading receiver on the entire team. You had all mm-hmm. that underneath stuff. You had the, you know, him on the wheel routes. Maybe, and again, maybe, again, I think sometimes you get too cute. It's like, well, they won't cover Dejan coming out on a wheel route. They'll do it with Kenny because they've scouted Kenny and they're going to have somebody running with him. But we'll get we'll this. And it's just mind boggling. So, but you're right. If uh, there were some definitely plays where, Florida shot themselves in the foot and they made mistakes. Oh, and again, big time. In, in, big time. in the second half, you you're up 25 points, so you're expecting them to come out and throw it. And uh, I, I give Billy Napier credit. He's like, "Well, they're going to be in dime packages, you know, expecting us to throw it. We're going to gash them with a the run, and we're going to make easy throws and just move the ball and chunk at a time and let them screw up." They move down the field and it, it, it fizzles out on them. Midway down, they're on the 50-yard line having to convert a fourth down. They get a bad penalty. Georgia has a bad, a stupid penalty. Then all of a sudden, the next play, they strip the ball away. So you're right, 17 points. It did get quiet. And I can tell you, I know my phone starts blowing up. I got Georgia fans whose guts, you know, it's like they ate uh, late-night Taco Bell. Their butts are clenched. They're freaking out because it's like the, the wheels are coming off, you know? So – what did your bride think of this game? You took her to a Georgia-Florida game. That, that was a great win. And again, as everybody points out in the comments there, you won by 22 points over an arch rival. Kirby's now 5-2 and two against the Gators. That's glorious. But at the same time, you just feel like the other shoe's going to come off against uh, Tennessee. So give us give us uh, your bride's thoughts. Man, she loved it. She loved it. She had yeah. a really good time. Um, you know, it, it was crazy because we got out there – uh, I don't know, about 11.30 noon, and we were right near RV Park. Uh, so that was wild. They had this huge tent set up where um, – I've got a video on my phone. I just couldn't tweet anything out for some reason. But uh, they had this huge no, tent because where the, – the, the reception in that stadium is garbage. I'll be, I'll, yeah. I like the game down here. I'll be happy to get it out of there just so you can actually be in a stadium where you could actually get score updates or something on your phone. Right. So, yeah, yeah it was it – was, uh, there was this huge like party going on outside. We had to have a wristband to get into it. It was a private event, but it was all college kids. We looked over the fence. There was like 30 Bud Light, 30 packs on the ground. It was wild. Um, and, and so then we, we got, uh, we got some drinks from a lady who was selling $10 drinks and she poured like the whole thing full of crown and then just a dab of ginger ale on top. Uh, you know, that was wild. And then we're trying to leave. We haven't even had, we haven't even had, di- we haven't even had dinner yet, Ben. We just got back. We're about to go eat dinner. They shut Jacksonville down, Roddy. I kid you not. Go to my Twitter. You went before nine. You're screwed. No, go. No, go to my Twitter. There's 150 cop cars driving past it on a video. A cop stopped us. He's like, "Need to get out of here. We're shutting the city down. Too many robberies, car break-ins, etc." And I was like, "What?" And we couldn't get an Uber. We tried for two hours. You you guys have been live for two hours. I've been trying to get out of Jacksonville for two hours to San Marco across the bridge, and this lady just happened to be coming out of a porta potty. And I was like, hey, you drive Lyft? She was like, yeah. And I was like, I'll pay you any amount of money to get me across this bridge. And we had to sit in her car for 15 minutes watching cop cars drive by. It was stories that you can tell forever. Um, it was nuts. absolutely, yeah. I, I've never seen so many cop cars. I tweeted it out. 
um, but it didn't it didn't stop uh, for a while. There was um, probably about another 40 or 50 cop cars that you couldn't see in the picture. So they're shutting down Jacksonville. We're going to go eat something, but I wanted to stop in. I didn't want to, you know, a POS show without me. Is, I don't feel like it's really complete, you know. It's been a lot better. I mean, <laughs> oh, it has been a lot better. <laughs> but no, Actual it, quality it, people <laughs> on today. Yeah, it, it was it was pandemonium, John. It was. It was it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, Roddy. I kid you not. I, I wouldn't exaggerate it at all. Um, but we're going to go eat some food. I hope you guys have a great rest of your time. Roddy, I appreciate you letting me take uh, the wife down here and and experience our first game together. We've been together for six and a half years now and haven't been able to actually sit in the stands and watch a game. It was crazy uh, to to do that. And uh, I'll be back next week, guys. Next week's a big one. It's going to be a huge game. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be wild. All right, Paul, we'll let you go. Thanks for being on the show. See you guys. Yeah, I think Robert Moody says it's just a 28-3 halftime curse. Somebody tweeted halfway through the game. like, hey, if you're about to go up 28-3, you need to go for a two-point conversion so that you're, <laughs> you don't you don't have 28-3. Atlanta teams should know this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, I do want to point out, again, I like the whole tradition of this game. You just don't see anything like it. When you're in that stadium and it's 50-50, there's only three games like it in the entire country. You know, that's, It's Georgia-Florida. Oklahoma, Texas, and then uh, what, what? I'm trying to think what the other one is. Come on. It's the most famous one. Oh, man. It's not Army-Navy. It's not? Oh, is Army-Navy? Yeah, it's Army-Navy. Oh, there we go. No Army beat Navy. Screw those wet bastards. I'm torn on that game every year, every single year, because I grandfather, one side, and the other side went to two different, and I was yeah. named after both of them, so I'm always like, Hmm. It's awesome. Just uh, take out a hat. My two older brothers went to the army. My son is in the uh, Corps Cadets at the UNG. So when he uh, commissions, he'll be a second lieutenant. You know. Uh, but my nephew, two of my nephews, were in the Navy. So I'm going back and forth. But right now, my boy's going to be in the army. And uh, Kirk Appletoff, who I went to college with, who also commissioned, and Jack Lunum, uh, go Army. We'll uh, shout out those guys. But again. I love the tradition here, but it's weird. So I'm in, I'm out of Jack's beach because it's the crazy thing is just as cheap to stay out here that it is downtown because you're close to the stadium, but it, I can be out of the beach and get my walks in during the day. And I did a bunch of TV stuff last night, RV city. If I could stay anywhere, it'd be in RV city. That place is fantastic. But oh, the point it's, being, it's, it's a great thing, but this town, if you're not, uh, if you haven't eaten by nine o'clock, you can just forget it. There's a few places, but it, it really is weird how it shuts down. And then to see that kind of pandemonium. Luckily, though, I haven't heard of a whole bunch of fights, so that's good. Hey, we're bring out John. John. This is going to be one of the last years it's in Jacksonville. You, you, you feel that way? Because I think last year is the last year in the contract, and then they have a two year extension that can be invoked. Basically, you know, like you have a writer, like I've, just about every contract I've signed has been like, you know, to work for a company for three years plus a two-year add-on, or five years plus a three-year add-on. The way the contract mm-hmm. set up, it's a, uh, it ends in 2023. But you know, both both teams can exercise the additional two years. So I could see that. So anyway, hey, let's bring on John. Let's uh, get him here. All right, John, up, Army Navy. Who 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 you like? Oh, Army all day, all day. <laughs> 
That, that's who I Give us your thoughts on the game, John. I, well, I mean, it's anytime you beat Florida, I don't know. I could be off by a day, but I'm pretty sure this is the 25th anniversary of Sprayer hanging half a hundred in Athens. So anytime, because I think it was 25 years ago tonight, the Braves won the World Series. That was the same day. Um, but anyway, anytime you beat Florida, I, I got a couple questions or huh. one comment and a question, if you don't mind. And I'm not a big, like, rah, rah, the fans make the difference. But I really believe, first of all, Tennessee is extremely confident. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm old or whatever. I enjoy getting in the stadium early. But I feel like Georgia's always hyped for a game. The fans are. But this, it's got to be an intimidating atmosphere next week. There's no question. Because these guys are flying high. And if, if the crowd can be a factor, it needs to be from, you know, when those jokers get on the field pregame. That's, again, I'm not an overhyped guy, but I really feel like that's going to play a part. I really do. Because they went to Pitt, they played in Heinz Field, or whatever it's now. I don't know where else they've played on the road that's a true hostile environment this year. Yeah, because Pitt isn't really a hostile environment. No, it was a. No. They had Bart at home and barely won the game. Bam at home. Mm-hmm. They're getting Kentucky at home right now. Yeah, they haven't played in a hostile environment, really. And in a top twenty-five matchup against a good team, they have not played in a hostile environment. Well, you're you're right, and this is the thing we saw this. Uh, well, we mentioned that Arkansas game earlier. Yeah. They were jumping off sides. They had uh, so many penalties because the crowd was so loud. They were down in the uh, on the Georgia east end, the, yeah. uh, uh, stems, you know. And everybody moves over, and they kept jumping. And it's like every time they wanted, the crowd made it so loud they can't hear. And then Georgia's defense is moving around, and you just had Arkansas shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again. So, John, to your point, uh, you know, I've seen some uh, one guy called for a blackout in this game. You know, it's like, hey, Tennessee's coming. I, Kirby won't do that. No. I mean, even as a tribute to Coach Dooley, he's not going to do any – Faults, any, 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 no distractions. You know, they'll eat this same pregame meal, go through the same routine they have. He's, I'm not saying he's superstitious, but he doesn't like any sort of change. But you're right. If you're this, people have talked about how this game is going to be crazy. Yes. And you hope to see when they open the stands. One of my favorite things to ever see, John, is all the uh, spike squad people oh, and yeah. uh, painted people become running down the steps, yeah. you know. And they start filling in, and you see that student section filled in, you know, an hour. The minute the gates open, which is also about the, you know, about the time you start getting those uh, recruits in there too. Right. You're recruiting, you're looking out, hey, because first thing they do is they run out and get Instagram and Snapchat shots of the stadium, you know, with their uh, lanyard. That because the humble brag, I got invited to the game. But if you see that student section filled up, you're like, man, okay, they didn't have this at. Florida, when I visited there, they didn't have this at Auburn when I visited there. They didn't have this at uh, Tennessee when I visited there. But, damn, these people are nuts. Yeah. I, you know, I love Georgia through and through. And I know Georgia people love their tailgates. But start earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is, I mean, it's Yeah, start at six if you got to get, you know, six, seven hours. My next question, I'll leave it to you all, is I know Coach Speak. I know what he's going to say on Monday that they just turned the page yesterday. How long have they been working on this game? Week eight, eight, eight weeks. Yeah. I mean, I think – Yeah. And, again, I'm not trying to ask you to give me anything that you – but I got to think they spent a lot of time last week. 
especially watching Florida all year, I got to think they spent a lot of time last week on this game for next week. Now, we're never going to know, but I, I, I just I, – I would hope they would. <laughs> In a way, I think they've been preparing since before the season with that tempo because you knew you were going to face it on the schedule because there's yeah. nobody who plays as fast as Tennessee. No. And they're getting Kentucky like crazy, just not even rotating – not even, you know, that's why I was kind of glad to see Jalen Carter in there today. I did not want his first game back. Obviously, you want him back any time, but to get his get his feet back under him against Florida and to be ready for Tennessee, I, that Tennessee tempo, I'd have, I think it would have been a little rough for him. Not not with his ability, but just getting his legs back under him. Yeah, and he looked healthy today. I didn't think he looked healthy in the last couple of games he even played. I thought he looked healthy today, and I know he's not 100%, but he looked healthy. He got some pressure, so – he should be close to a full go, I assume, next week. Yep, yep. And one last shameless shout-out to Carrollton's own uh, Chaz Chambliss on that sack today. Dude's been a monster since he was a little kid, and Carrollton's extremely proud of him. So thank you all for everything that you do. No no worries, man. Appreciate it, John. Yep, yep. Yeah, if you play in Carrollton, you know football. I mean, that's, <laughs> those guys are bad. They're good almost every year. Yeah, and again, he's a – I asked somebody when he was being, when, you know, they were going after him. I said, I, what is it you like about Chaz? I go, man, lunch pail kit. And this is not somebody that uses that as a cliche, you know, they're not trying to, there's a, if a kid's bad, they'll tell me he's bad. You know, if a kid's good, they'll tell me he's good. And I'm like, lunch pail kid, he's a workout warrior. And you got, he said, we got to have those guys on the team because of the team chemistry. And you know, he's going to give you 110% every day. This is a guy, he stays late. He works hard. Um, if he had the twitch that, say, a Nolan Smith did, he's, he's a first-round pick with that work ethic. It's just there's some certain guys you want to be in the weight room who are not whining, not complaining, who buy in before they get here. Brock Bowers, perfect example. Brock, you know, it's like, okay, hey, coach, here's the workout I did today. I'm running up a hill. Okay. You know, the guy's just an absolute monster. Uh, Chaz Chambliss is very similar to him. You know, you look at uh, Michael Williams, his work ethic, you know, it's just, it's guys like that. And uh, he, shout out to Chaz for getting a sack today. I'm very, very happy for him. I uh, hope he gets a few more to, uh, next week. But I think John brought up a good point when you're uh, talking about how it's going to work out. You need to have that loud stadium. Uh, Miss Mary points out that UT did play at LSU. I was needing, I was trying to remember they went somewhere that can be loud, but um, I think that coming into Sanford Stadium, that that hostile crowd could make could make a difference. And Kirby will be the first to tell you. I guarantee you, Monday he says, "Yeah, we turned the book on this. You know, we turned the page on this book. You know, we're you know, no, we're not talking about it anymore." But yes, they have been working on the. And again, I'm not saying that hey, it's the Tennessee period, but they've worked on tempo the problem is it's just like you had to work every year when you're playing uh georgia tech you worked on the option you just don't have anybody that can run the option as well as georgia tech did so it was tough on you well you don't have anybody on your scout team that can mimic this tempo as good as tennessee can do it so but they will have tempo periods where they work again you know on uh, subbing fast or not subbing or uh, situations where you can't sub and you have guys have to almost play out of position based on what the offense is doing. So, yeah, they've been working on this eight weeks you know, or, or longer. So, but it would help if you get them, if they're third and eight, you know, third and nine, get, getting them behind the sticks makes it a lot easier to defend this team. 
No, 100%, because that's what you brought up earlier, the running the ball. Like, you just got to – this is going to be one of those games where if Georgia, you tell me they can run the ball for 200 yards like they can against Tennessee, run the ball as much as he can. I mean, I think it's going to be at least a 50-50 run pass split if they can run the ball early. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, with Tennessee, well, you got to be able to throw with them. Yeah, you got to be able to. You got to, but if you can run the ball, I think it's the best solution to make sure your defense can get some stops. Yeah. If you know, if, defense, if it comes in fresh, you know, because if your defense comes in after what that drive in the second, they didn't get any points out of that drive in the fourth quarter, the one that uh, Georgia went for in the fourth and didn't get it. But that was like, what, a 10 play drive that took seven minutes? Mm-hmm. When the defense went out there, they're like, hey, we're fresh. Yeah, I'm rested up. So they come out there with their head, their hair on fire. Okay. So I'm just thinking that if uh, Georgia's running the ball, and again, when you're mashing a team like that, that, that defense will quit. And you, you just, yeah. you think you'd have a 300, 400 yard rushing game, you know, and your defense also feeds off that energy because when the offensive linemen come to the side, like, yeah, we're, we're knocking their, blank in the dirt and we're kicking our ass and we just punch it in for a touchdown. That energy comes to the sideline with them. Just like when uh, Florida was able to drive the field on Georgia and to start the third quarter, when they went over there, their defense was feeling it. You had a big run and the guy strips the ball in the first play. Now all of a sudden the offense runs back out there and scores again. And their defense goes up there. Hey, we'll go get you the ball again, you know, and Hey, they look, there's interception. So it's that it, it builds on each other. So if you can run the ball well, you know, remember we were wondering where the run game was uh, for the first three games and the next three games we were wondering where the passing game was. Well, if you're running it with that anger that uh, you know, Kenny McIntosh had after the fumble, if you're doing that and you're mashing these guys and your crowds into it, you could just make uh, Tennessee's light night a living hell. And I think one thing is – why Tennessee's even undefeated is because the opposing team wasn't disciplined. The penalties, look at Alabama, they set a school record. So when you look at, I remember seeing after that game, I believe Tennessee was top two or three in the conference in penalties, I believe, and Georgia was dead last. That's a good thing. Because if Georgia's only getting penalized three or four times for 17, that's vital. And if you're going to get Tennessee on a lot of holds where you know, okay, they got to go deep, they got to get big chunk plays, and it forces you know your defense to make the play calling and the decision making a lot easier. That's big because Alabama. That was one of the most undisciplined games that was in their program's history, yeah. and that's how Tennessee squeaked by with a field goal, which Alabama also missed a field goal. You know, yeah, so they should have a lot atmosphere. So I think yeah. that it's going to be a completely different thing for them. Now I think the one thing is Georgia still passing yards wise. I think. In the Kirby era, I got to check. In terms of passing yards per game, this might be his highest. Because I saw this week, like, Stetson still threw for, like, 330 yards or somewhere around that mark. And it seems like outside of one or two games, Georgia's throwing for a bunch of yards. Even Mm -hmm. if some of it seems empty, this might be his best passing attack he's had, and he hasn't had his top receiver. And I'm not saying he's this level of talent, but I view A.D. Mitchell kind of plays a similar role to, like, T. Higgins. He reminds me of a receiver kind of like in that mold. And I think if you get a guy like that back, it's it's vital because Alabama with receivers that to me it's this is their weakest receiving core they've had. Um, I mean, one of their best receivers is the guy who was at Georgia last year. Um, yeah. They still got a bunch of yards, and they were who likes to punch game. people. Yeah. Now, yeah, to your point, uh, Tennessee's averaging three hundred sixty-nine yards a game, which is really good. Georgia's averaging three hundred thirty yards a game. 
passing. That's pretty that good. Close. Course, but here's the thing: Georgia's played a bunch of nobodies, so. But I do have more faith in Georgia's running game than I do Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So that, that's the one thing, despite the schedule. Yeah, and also Tennessee's defense is definitely worse than Georgia's. Yeah. I, I, I would say. Uh, speaking of the running game, I want to talk. About Uncle Sam says, "Why is Stetson not running the ball?" Again, where where were the like, you getting too cute? You didn't keep him. I mean, yeah, you rolled him out in the first half, which is great. And when he's moving, all the play action stuff was fantastic. Just like to see him keep the ball once or twice. Make that offense. You know, there were some backside pressures down by the uh, goal line that you know you, you can bust bust him up on that. Uh, next week, I think he needs to keep the ball a few times again. Your running game is so much better when that there's two backs, as you pointed out, in the backfield are two guys who can take the ball. So, you know, he, he does that fake to uh, Kendall Milton, and then he rolls out and he decides to keep it. When he's keeping the ball, it it messes with defense, just like we saw that Georgia had the trouble bringing down Anthony Richardson. Stetson Bennett can do that. He's not big like that, but he's elusive. So uh, definitely let him do that. You know, so I want to see him – Want to see him run it? Uh, Percy Johnson says uh, 60 40 run pass or run pass next week. I'm for that. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially if you can run early. I don't see why you wouldn't have that as a run pass ratio. And also, I think Stetson, he brought it up, and I was I was also going to bring up. I wish that he did run it two or three times a game, you know, maybe even not three times a game, but just a couple times. Cause I think against Auburn, he had that long touchdown last yeah. year. I remember. Against Tennessee, it, I remember that game. Whoa, I'm getting blurry all of a sudden. Uh, I remember uh, in the fourth quarter or something, I just remember Stetson in the, either the third or fourth quarter. It was a busted play. He ran for a big touchdown against Tennessee, and that's when they started to separate. He's got wheels. I don't understand why he's not using them more. So that's confusing me. Let's see. Yeah, you're all blurry. Weird. Ah, there we go. Hey, look, it's all pretty. All right, folks, um, get your last three comments in here. We're going to have to wrap up. We've been on here a little bit longer than I wanted to, or longer than I planned to, not that uh, I don't mind how long we go. I had no preset times. And I like a giant Bolton. We're going to tee it up next Saturday and play. <laughs> I'll be a dog till I'm 10 toes up. Uh, Tennessee's going to try to crash the party. Yeah, they are. That's, that's, that's what, you know, and they've got – you 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 beat them so badly for so many years, you know, and they, they – they want they want payback, and they finally got that Alabama uh, monkey off their back. So uh, they think that they've got the quarterback and uh, coach of the future. You know, I mean, remember these guys have been down forever. What ever since uh, Phil Fulmer left? You know, you've had the, the Derek Dooley years, which were not you know people weren't overly thrilled with that, and then Jeremy Pruitt and Lane Kiffin. You know, it's just oh. not been. A- who was before Pruitt? I'm trying to think who was that. Butch, was it Butch Jones? Brick by brick, brick by brick. You know, it's like this just not a great, not, not a great series of coaches there for them. Yeah, so, Butch Jones is awful. Yeah. Um, so, point being, they've got a lot of exercise, uh, demons to exercise. So, uh, yeah, they, they want this really bad. And if you're one, if you're one of those Georgia fans out there and you're selling your tickets to Tennessee fans who are paying two grand for it, you know, that's between you and, you know, um, that's between you and your your uh, deity there, but I'm just saying you're gonna have to answer to Vince when you get up there. So, but if they don't get Georgia this year, it's gonna be hard because there's gonna be no Hendon Hooker, there's gonna be no Jalen Hyatt, there's gonna be no Cedric Tillman, a couple of those linemen, all gone after this year. This is 
Tennessee, if they're going to win a title in the next couple years, it's going to be this year or beat Georgia because going forward, they're going to lose that entire offense. And that's very hard to replace. Look at LSU. Even to an extent, Alabama after 2020 wasn't as dominant um, of an offense. So if they're going to get Georgia, if they don't get them this year, they're not going to get them for a little bit. Um, I like this comment. <laughs> We're the last demon, LOL. Yeah, could be. <laughs> Our, yeah, can you imagine how bad they're going to kill Vandy? The one thing I also noticed about this before we, we sign off is Tennessee always plays Georgia great, even when Butch Jones and Pruitt were the coaches, especially Pruitt, in the first half. It always feels like that first half is close or it's like, whoa, yeah. this game is a one- or two-possession game or Tennessee gets a lead. And then the second half, Georgia just blows the door off. Because it felt like last year, Tennessee in the first quarter put up 10 points in the first two drives, and then from there on, they scored only one other time. It was like a late game thing. Georgia then yeah. – got their feet under them. That's kind of been like every year versus Tennessee. But this team this year with Tennessee is you don't want that to happen because this team clearly looks different. And you don't want them to get that much confidence in your building that early because you, you want them to get out to a hot start. That, that's really what you need. Um, if, and I don't think that Georgia's not built to chase this team. Georgia's not built to chase anybody, really. It's uh, You let them get up. You know, twenty-one six on you or something. Just we're seeing with uh, Kentucky, and all of a sudden you have to throw. They don't have a great defense, but if they know you're throwing the ball, ball goes in the air. Three things can happen: two of them are bad for your offense. Um, I think minus Ohio State and Tennessee, though, there aren't really any teams that you would need to chase. You know, yeah. even if you got down, because I look at Michigan and Clemson and to an extent Alabama, um, and say. You know, they don't have the passing attacks. I guess Bama has Bryce Young, but Michigan and Clemson don't. The other teams that are in it, Oregon and them, I, I, we already saw that game. We know how that goes. I think outside of Ohio State and Tennessee, Georgia can play catch-up with anyone because they're just better than all of those other teams, clearly. these Those two teams, because everyone's saying Tennessee, and if they beat Tennessee, Ohio State's probably the team everyone's going to be like, can they beat Georgia? Those are the two games you can't get down because those passing attacks – those weapons, those quarterbacks, it's going to be impossible to get them to go down throughout the course of the game. That's a very good point. All right, folks, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Uh, it's 10 o'clock, and, yeah, I didn't either. So, But, of course, there's nothing left in this town team. <laughs> well, town shut down there, because all arrived. There, there is one place that I know that's uh, – it's, it's in a club. So you go down these steps, it's a music club – in the back, they have this great soul food. I mean, it's just, you wouldn't think that it's a restaurant, but it's its unique. So you go back <laughs> there and grab some food. Anyway, folks, uh, big shout out to our sponsors, ASW Distillery. I put the link in the description. Uh, I'll do it again here, the link to our uh, giveaway. We're giving away another bottle of a award-winning Fiddler bourbon. This is a bourbon distilled by dog uh, alums. It's uh, one of the best ones out there. I'm putting the link in the comments now. Go ahead and get your orders in. We'll give away that bottle next Friday night. We'll announce the winner after the Tennessee game. So uh, shout out to Amari Carmichael for uh, winning this week's bottle. Amari's usually all, all over the comments. He wasn't here this or he did. I didn't see him. I apologize, Amari, but congrats to him for winning. Of course, our friends at Rogue Shop. Go to Rogue Shop. Get their sleep gummies. Get their uh, – uh, pain creams or get their fun gummies. 
So hit them up when you get a chance. And of course, Seven Six Apparel, uh, made by uh, huge Georgia fans, huge Braves fans. Check them out, and uh, you'll absolutely love it. Use promo code POS22 to get 20% off your order at the Seven Six Apparel. For Ben Bachman, I'm Rodney Nabulsi. You folks have a great night, and we will see you next Saturday after the Tennessee game to have the post-game overreaction show. Y'all take care.